Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. That's right, we're back. It is episode 30 of Wide Men Can't Jump, the flagship show. On this crazy Wide Men Radio Network, we are so happy to be with you for our 30th episode here. The Dirty 30, as we'll call them, because it has been a heck of a ride so far. I'm Nate, and as always, my co-host who's with me, Mr. T.R. Shock himself, Tom Robinson. Tom, it seems as though our predictions for the NBA Finals did not pan out as we thought on episode one. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Yeah, we were incorrect. Uh, but if I could uh, make an excuse for myself, and I'll even include you in this, much like the hashtag not my president, we can always stand behind hashtag not my spurs and hashtag not my Celtics. <laughs> well, both I of think our we predictions included. Go ahead. I think we get an asterisk due to the injuries that took place. Um, you got the Celtics losing their two best players, arguably. Uh, and then you have the um, the Spurs, who's their best player, never even he, – he suits up for like two games or something like that. He barely plays. Um, and so our predictions at the beginning of the season were wrong. However, if you predicted Cavs, Warriors to be in the finals and you're happy about it, at least go out on a limb. Good Lord. Like, anybody could have made that prediction. My unborn son predicted the Cavs and the Warriors to play in the finals. So, there you go. You're as smart as a fetus, <laughs> if you called that one. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless. Um, Good analogy straight, there. Thank you. Fourth straight year, uh, that finals has taken place. And I'm, you know... It's hard to get excited. I thought last year was going to be bad, but man, this year we think it's it. Everybody's given the Cavs little to no chance, and Little's uh, waiting on the train to get here so it can leave town. But uh, game one is Thursday night, and if you're listening to us live, uh, you're getting ready for that. If you're listening to us later on in the week, well, you're behind. You need to pick up the pace. <laughs> so, uh, but we've got game one on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit about that later. We're talking with. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Hood from Dickerson and Hood 
on ESPN Radio a little later. We'll talk to him. I mean, we've got guests galore. There's so much going on in the NBA right now. Um, and, TR, we're really looking forward to diving in with our guest from Liberty Ballers podcast, Matt Carey. We're going to talk to 76ers and what might be the most bizarre basketball story of the year a little later. You know, uh, maybe that's an Italian thing. Anyhow, about three people will get that joke as far as fake profiles. Anyway. um, Well, those three are belly laughing right now, I'm sure. Yeah. um, However, uh, yeah, there's what a 30th, what timing for a 30th episode, which we didn't plan it this way. A couple holidays had us uh, in the old studio taking off, et cetera. So for a 30th show on the eve of the finals and when a bizarre story on every level breaks the night before we go on the air in my hometown, I mean, who could ask for more? And we got such incredible guests tonight. So this is going to be a fun one and one to remember for sure. Oh, yeah. It's It's going to be something else. Um but before we get to our guest, we have a guest calling in here within the next ten minutes. Um, let's go. You want to, let's pay. Let's pay a bill real quick here. All right, we're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back right after this. Have you been injured on the job, facing divorce, experiencing workplace discrimination? You can rely on a compassionate, thorough representation at New Law Office. That's right. The practicing law of Stephen P. New. He has practiced areas of personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, and employment discrimination. Mr. New is a proud sponsor of Wide Men Can't Jump, is a big basketball fan, and also pro wrestling fan in the West Virginia area. Stephen P. New will fight for you and will represent you whether it be locally or nationally. Get your free consultation today by dialing 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. Again, that's 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. All right. That's thanks to Stephen P. New and New Law Office for sponsoring the program. As always, a great set of sponsors we have here on Wide Men Can't Jump. So, TR, I got one thing I want to bring up to you here. Um, Steve okay. Clifford has been hired as the Orlando Magic head coach. That broke news. And that's like news article number four when it comes to basketball. But we're going to lead with it, uh, mainly because we're going to be talking the finals and the Sixers and all the big stories all night. But um, Steve Clifford goes to the Magic. He's got a lot of work to do. Um, that team really underachieved. Um, and I think they're going to be shopping Vucevic. You're going to see him go. And the Magic, um, is Steve Clifford the right guy, you think, for the job? Or is it just time to blow it up and try again if you're the Magic? I think in the Magic's case, um, you could bring a hybrid of Red Auerbach, uh Phil Jackson, Larry Brown, and Popovich and they still couldn't be successful next year. So hopefully the plan, and he'll be given some time to um, not tank. I would never endorse that in the history of time, losing on purpose, because that's just illogical to me. But, you know, see what you can do. 
move some parts, attain some assets. I hated that word as well, but it, it's it's a it's a viable word. Aaron yeah. Gordon to me is a disappointment because I watched yeah. the guy from high school and he was in Wiggins class and I thought he was better at Wiggins, better than Wiggins at every possible um fact you know the tangible aspect of basketball. And uh Jabari Parker came out and obviously the hurt Joel Embiid who turned out to be the star of that draft. But um like you said Vucevic and God, I, I'm, we have a, uh, we've talked to a magic. Uh, our, who's our magic guy? Which uh, uh, Philip Rossman Reich. Philip Rossman yeah, Reich. Good he's guy. the guy that uh, he really he does the. Uh, well, he knows anything and everything Orlando Magic. If you need anything on the Magic, you just go look for him. He knows it all when it comes to the Orlando Magic. But you know he's. Uh, we've talked to him a couple times this year about uh, the Magic, and it's just. They hired a new coach, so it's kind of, it's a newsworthy article. But I'm looking at their roster right now. Um, to me, if I'm if I'm the guy making the decisions, the only guy that's safe to me is Jonathan Isaac, and uh, the rest of them, ship them. That's that's where I'm at. Vucevic, Jonathan Simmons, Terrence Ross, Shelvin Mack, uh, Mario Hazonia, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier. DJ Augustine, Aaron Aflalo, yeah, just blow that roster up. Keep Jonathan Isaac. He's your guy. You drafted him. He's got a lot of potential out of Florida State. I thought he was going to be one of the best guys to come out of the draft eventually. I knew it wouldn't be immediate, but eventually I think he'll be one of the best players to come out of the draft. Dude's a beast. But I think they need to blow it up and uh, start from scratch. Trade away everybody and everything that you can get rid of. Get rid of Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has been – more than a disappointment, he's been a letdown. And I think the Magic have been waiting on him to take that step that he's not going to take. He's never going to take it. He's never going to be better than the guy who came in second in possibly the best dunk contest ever. That's going to be his career highlight. Um, Vucevic yeah, is a good big yeah. man. He's a, he's a good big man, but he needs to be in a system where he's got a point guard that can feed him and make him better. Uh, without Alfred Payton, they don't have that. And they traded Alfred Payton for, I don't even know, bag of balls. He was gone for nothing. Um, so, I don't know. If you're the Magic, I think it's – you got Steve Clifford, new coach. Um, never really did much more than mediocrity in Charlotte. Um, so, you traded Frank Vogel, who at least could get you to a conference finals with the right staff to get um, to get Steve Clifford, who couldn't get past the first round of the playoffs with the Hornets with Kimball Walker. So, I don't know. Um, again, it's more about personnel than anything. So, we'll see what they do. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm not sure what the thought process is. Maybe the GM's just trying to save his job. I'm not sure. You're looking at it uh, from an honest point of view and a uh, analytical point of view and probably the correct point of view. Me, I get a little swayed sometimes because I'm stubborn and I want to give Aaron <laughs> Gordon another year. But, uh, I mean, how I'm many years, admittedly personal bias. How many years is enough? <clears throat> Gordon's going to be looking for a max deal. Is he worth a max deal? No. Like, not at all. Uh, 
Not really. I mean, he's, you, the you point you made about the point you made about his game. Ideally, you are correct that he might, you know, be a good starter for somebody that's already good. Yeah. Where you know less pressure is on him, where he can come in and drop, you know, fifteen and eight or something like that. I guess I have to be realistic. Um, it just it's, it feels like I'm breaking up with somebody when I give up on him, but he's definitely <laughs> not worth max money. And uh, apparently he has a hot sister, which every time I click on, I get it's clickbait and I can't find her, but she stole the show at a dunk contest, apparently. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I've seen you that picture. That was a, whew, Lord have mercy. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, on that note, uh, but yeah, Aaron Gordon, I think if you get Aaron Gordon in the right system where he's not the superstar and he's not the guy, I don't think he's a good number one option. He's a good three or four option. If you yeah. got, like, if you put him on, if you put him right now on, on, let's say the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard healthy, he would thrive. He would really yeah, absolutely. do well there. He would do well if, you know, he would be valuable in Cleveland. If they could get him in Cleveland, he would be valuable. He'd be a good number three behind LeBron James and Kevin Love or what's left of Kevin Love. Every time I see Kevin Love, he's hurt. So, whether it's concussion, broken leg, or, you know, I still think we won that trade with with, uh, Cleveland. They got Love. Sure, they got a title out of it, but we got Wiggins and a, a really bright future out of that. So, I don't know. Pretty even trade, I guess. But, uh. Love's always hard to tell he's hurting there. or he's not showing up. And Kevin Love used to be a machine, and now he's just he's a shell of himself. They don't use him correctly. Well, I mean, I hate to go uh, Mauro Ranallo on the show, but he he is one of the spokespersons, along with DeMar DeRozan, about um, dealing with mental illness such as anxiety and <clears throat> depression and so forth, which – Affects everybody. Um, I don't think it would affect me. I suffer from it as well. I don't think it would affect me as much if I had the kind of financial uh, advantages that those people do, but it still doesn't go away no matter how, how much you can treat it. Um, yeah, but with so that financial I, I don't advantage know. comes a lot more stress and pressure as well. So I guess you got to look at it that way too. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> six in one, half dozen in the other, as they say. Um but that could have that could have progressively affected his game. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, in Minnesota, he was the guy, as you mentioned, yes, and he was a monster. Anytime you looked at a stat line, if you were a fantasy player, he was like a top guy to take because he could get you twenty and twenty. Oh yeah, night. in fantasy, in fantasy, he was the guy you wanted. He was a top four pick every time. I know I went for him whenever I could because uh, I'm a fantasy basketball player myself. Um, we we may get if if we get enough interest, I think we may have to do one for the for the show. Get a fantasy basketball league going for the show. I know fantasy football's around the corner, and we, you know, I don't know how many fans would be interested or listeners would want to do something like that. But uh, I'm definitely down for a fantasy basketball. That would be fun. I think we could in, really enjoy ourselves doing something like that. Wow. And I just want to see you try to set the lineups every week. That would just be entertaining. That- yeah, that's that's going to be my issue. Even even when I have nothing to do, there's a ton to do, and you know what I'm talking about that I don't have to bring on the air. But um, yeah, 
even when I'm not busy, I'm busy, and I catch up usually late at night to what happened and DVR, watch games back, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I constantly lose. Football is a little easier to maintain because of the weekly schedule, but I even suck at that anymore. Um, I may have to, if I participate, have an asterisk where I have a, a partner that sets the lineup. <laughs> well, but. well, that be that as it may, we right now are going to go to our first guest joining us on the show from Hoops Provider, which has been featured with the Washington Post, Real GM, also featured with SB Nation and MSN, the number one destination site for NBA news, rumors, videos, humor, and more, hoopsprovider.com. We're speaking right now with our friend Brandon Mueller from Hoops Provider. Brandon, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for jumping on with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks for giving us some time. No problem. No problem. Well, we've been talking so, about uh, the NBA – we got the NBA Finals coming up tomorrow. Uh, we figured we'd talk a little bit about that in a minute. But first, we did want to bring up the Houston Rockets, who were eliminated in Game 7. Um, the rumor going around is their number one goal is to re-sign Paul and Capella. Is that going to be enough to keep that Houston Rockets team where they're at? Or do they need to get something else if they're going to overcome the Warriors next season? I think... They, at, right now, their roster is constructed to beat Golden State, but the problem is, I saw this latest, latest, late six and seven. Their depth is very bad. They go seven deep, eight deep maybe, and with Mamamute hurt, it was seven max. Uh, and the, whole, the health of Chris Paul is never a guarantee, as we know. Uh and he's set to be re-signed. He needs to be re-signed this uh, offseason. And if they want to get over the hunt, they might need to add more depth, or they could add LeBron. But there's a lot of cap space gymnastics they'll have to play to do that. It won't be as simple as Golden State when they added Durant. Yeah, TR here. Um, to echo that point, there's been a lot of talk around that Capella's opened some eyes. Yes, sir. You got us, sir? What happened here? Nate, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, can you hear us, Brandon? You got us? Brandon, you there? Brandon's, Brandon's you got us? We can hear you. our audio, apparently. Brandon, can you hear us? Okay. Hello, you have us. Hey, you got you to call him back. He's he's got he can't hear us at all. Hmm. I wonder what's going on there. Let me try this. Okay, we lost him. We've lost Brandon. Unfortunately, he's sending me a message. No now. man left behind. Let's get him back. <clears throat> That's the joy of a live podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We have to love a good live podcast. As my dog decides to run amok and start growling. Shut up, stupid. It's It's thundering outside, so. Dog's an idiot. Uh, Okay, we might have Brandon back now. 
Hello, Brandon. Can you hear us? Yes, I can now. Okay. Sorry about that. Let me don't know what let happened. Let me say there. something, Nate. Go let ahead. Let me say make sure my my audio is good, Brandon. Yep. All right. Cool. I can hear both of you. Good. Good. All right. Go this ahead, is your PR. I want to pick. I want to pick up where we left off about the Rockets. Um, there's there's been a couple theories. One is that Clint Capella has opened a lot of eyes, and uh, some people might be trying to, you know, uh, pursue him. And also, you mentioned a lot of people don't take don't take into consideration Chris Paul was signed to a one year deal, and like you said, yep. they need to resign him. And it, you know, in the strange event that LeBron James ends up with Harden and Chris Paul they'll be filling the roster with a lot of, you know, as one person put it, G league players, but, you know, definitely low salary. So they kind of be riding those three guys and, you know, it's a little uncertain. Um, I, I, if, yeah. if I'm in their shoes, I don't know. What do you think if you're in the, in the GM shoes, if you have a legitimate chance to get LeBron James and destroy everybody else, like, you know, the Eric Gordon's and the, Trevor Ariza's and Clint Capella's, et cetera. Or do you concentrate on Paul and see how the chips fall? Hello? Brandon, you there? You hear us? I'm not sure what's going on here. Why are we having this issue? This should not be an issue. Mute him again. Try again. Hey, Brandon, you got us? Lost him again. I don't know what's going on. Well, we are having uh, some technical issues. Maybe we're not. His uh, website did say humor involved. Maybe this is a bit <laughs> on his part because, I mean, uh, he clearly heard you and then he heard both of us and, you know, whatever. So maybe next time yeah. for him. I don't know. I'm going to see if he wants to try one more time. If not, we'll just reschedule. Uh, you're, a su- you're a sucker for bad bits. <laughs> well, he says he's going to call right back. Uh, we'll try this one more time here. Sorry, folks, for the uh, – we hyped this show as number 30. We hyped it so good, and now the calls are cutting out. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's try one you, more you time. Can, you, can, you, can finish, you can finish this one because, uh, you know, whatever. All right, Brandon, Hello? you back? Right. Yes, you have yeah, us? We're- we're good. I don't yeah. know what's going on. I'm having a weird connection yeah, issue out, or something. It cut out right in the middle of your point, but the call stays on. I don't know why. Huh, it's weird. Um, but anyway, what do you think about Clint Capella, Brandon, and what do you think that the Rockets should be doing with Chris Paul? Should they be worried about trying to maybe go after LeBron James and let Capella go, or should they try to keep him and Paul and keep the band they've got right now together? I think if it's such a dicey situation because of the way uh, Capella's free agency is. He's restricted. So the second he hits the market and a team gives him an offer sheet, they only have a couple days to respond, and then he signs with that team. And it's been reported that the Suns are in love with the thought of having Capella and will offer him a max deal. And you have to sign back Chris Paul, that's no doubt. But with Harden, Paul, and Capella, they will have three max players with James Harden making $28 million. And not to mention, they have a awful 
contract with uh, Ryan Anderson on the books with $20 million almost. So they got to clear that. They want LeBron. They might have to let Capella walk. Interesting. Well, uh, with the Rockets, uh, they fell short, poor shooting in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. They fell short of their ultimate goal. They had home court advantage. They did everything right. Do you think if Chris Ball plays in that game, they pull off the win, Brandon? Yeah, I, I'm very, very convinced they win that game. Because, say, in, during that cold streak, let's say, hypothetically, they hit six of those 27 threes. That would make it their shooting percentage still terrible. They'd be shooting 22% from three in that stretch. But those six threes would give them an extra 18 points that lost by eight. So that's a, that, was, that stretch alone killed them. And they could have won that game without him. But with Paul, I think they won that game by at least eight points. Okay, TR, you want to try again here and see if we can get your question to Brandon without the audio messing up? <laughs> yeah, we'll give it the old college try, but you kind of you kind of finished my question on the Rockets. Um, if I could move on to the NBA Finals with Brandon, um, even uh, with Iguodala out, do you still see it as a monumental mismatch as, as it seems to be on paper? Oh, yeah. As long as they have those four Hall of Famers, this this will be a quick and painless series. Uh, if the Cavs won even two games, I would be shocked out of my mind. I don't. I think Iguodala is big for a team that's matched up with them well, but with a team that's as uh, bad defensively and isn't deep like Cleveland, they're going to run them out of the building, especially if the first two games be an Oracle. And at worst, they could get out of Cleveland in game four up 3-1, and then game five is back in Oracle. I don't see them losing the game in that building. Uh, I, I, I hate to see them win and beat LeBron, but I, it, there's no doubt it's going to happen. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Uh, somehow, uh, in the last four years, the roles reversed in my brain to where I'm now rooting for LeBron and rooting against the Warriors, but it's it's really an uphill battle where something crazy would have to happen. I'd certainly agree. Yep, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree thing. with that. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And uh, one more thing to add about the finals is that it doesn't really matter how good LeBron plays. Because he, cause, I mean, we saw it last year, even with Kyrie Irving in the lineup and scoring 30 points a game, and LeBron had a triple-double, and they still lost to the same exact team and by a ton of points. They won one game, and in the one game they won, they had a record shooting them in Cleveland, and they just couldn't, they couldn't get over the hump in game three, and then that was it. It was a quick, quick series. I thought last year would be more contested. This year, this year, no way. Well, I I went out on a limb and I'm giving the Cavs one game uh, because I think they'll win one in Cleveland. Um, I don't think they'll get swept. Um, LeBron, there'll be a night where LeBron gets a lot of calls. There's going to be a lot of, uh, in my opinion, questionable calls. 
but I think that for this for the for both series, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals to both go seven, and then the league have the NBA Finals, which is their bread and butter, where they make all this money on advertising. They, it's got to oh, yeah. go at least five. I don't think they can go just four. They, I don't think the league can stand a sweep. If you do see a sweep, you're going to have the league looking at it like, well, we kind of let this team get together and we kind of let them do what they want to do, and they're sweeping. Now they're sweeping the Cavs, and LeBron's supposed to be our, our poster child, and our poster child's getting swept. So not yep. really good for business. So in my opinion, I think you're going to see some official calls in about, I'd say, game three. If the Cavs are going to get one, it's going to be game three. Um, do you think, Brandon, that the Cavs have a prayer of at least getting one game? Yeah, in Cleveland, for sure. Uh, one one key uh, thing to look at, I, I wrote this story today uh, on com, and it, Draymond Green admitted that he rolled his ankle, quote, badly in game seven but quickly shrugged it off and said he'd be fine. Now, he probably is fine, but if that and – we, and his teammate, Stephen Curry, knows very well those ankle injuries come back often. Uh, if, if he's slumped at all, the Cavs could get a lot of buckets at the rim and maybe keep it close. And if they stole a game in, in Oracle – I think that would be a reason why. Because if you saw in game five of the 2016 finals, they attacked the rim at an insane level, and then they won that game by double digits, and Thompson had like 16 rebounds in that game. But Draymond Green is a key down low for the Warriors to keep the Cavs as a three-point shooting team. Because when they're a three-point shooting team and they're trying to play Golden State ball, they lose. When they play tough ball, the 2016 Cavs basketball, they win against this team. So I think that should be noted a little bit. Well, TR, do you have anything uh, for Brandon before we let him go? Uh, yeah, I, I I pretty much agree. Uh, I'm glad we got the audio, uh, Brandon, back, and sorry for the difficulties. I, I actually didn't know that it was uh, our end or your end. I was kind of um, confused myself, but um, – do you have uh, maybe two seconds for, I'm exaggerating, two minutes for uh, a little bit of draft talk? Yeah, sure. Um, a lot of talk about Doncic coming over, um, possibly. Uh, Marvin Bagley III, Mobamba, um, et cetera. Uh, being a Philly guy, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Dante DiVincenzo. I know that's kind of like a wild card. Maybe, you know, you didn't even know until the combine, until he had some meetings that he was uh, top 30-ish. But in a, in a you know, uh, obviously not in the top five or so, but maybe down the line, do you think he can come in and help any teams? Yeah, especially in the modern NBA. You know, every team needs shooting and shooting and shooting. And DiVincenzo right. – if you watched him play in uh, March Madness, you could tell instantly he was one of the most confident shooters in the tournament, and he was a bench player for Villanova. So that confidence, I don't see that ever wavering. And when he goes straight into the league, if he goes to Philly, Philly needed three-point shooting in that Boston series. They struggled to shoot uh, from outside. And with Ben Simmons not being able to really shoot at all, 
uh, and Joel Embiid having the mask on, someone like DiVincenzo, maybe not in his rookie year, but a year after, two years in, he could be a really good NBA shooter. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, they called him the Michael Jordan of Delaware when he was uh, in his younger days, and he just seems to keep getting better and better, had the best vertical in the combine and so forth. So I think his stock is rising. I don't know how high it'll get up, but you know, I'm glad that somebody out of my market uh, objectively gave me an opinion that he that he can help the team. So appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I got one thing to tell both of you. If you're if you're getting if you're getting geared up for the draft, there's a name in about the second round, maybe late first round. You need to have your eyes on. Because if he comes to your team, you should be – he'll become one of those P.J. Tucker-like players, one of those Tony Allen types, but with a better jump shot. And that is one Javon Carter from the University of West Virginia. Javon Carter is a special defender. He is the defensive – Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. I think he won National Defensive Player of the Year as well. He is something else. And – if he's coming to your team, mark my word, you can get him on a steal in the second round because nobody's going to be really eyeing for him. He will play minutes that will be limited, but he will give you everything he's got, and he could probably lock down some of the best point guards in the league today. And that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm a homer, but so be it. Um, have you watched any Brandon, Javon Carter, Brandon? Brandon, Brandon <laughs> yeah. before, you answer Nate, before you answer Nate's question, I could Ray Charles could see that coming as the old hacky saying goes. He's a West Virginia Mountaineer guy. He's been to their games live. He's been touting him all year, but deservedly so. So continue, Nate. I'm sorry for interrupting. Hey, he wrote the blueprint on how to shut down Trey Young. Okay, so you could take that for what it's worth. Javon Carter is a man's man. Yeah. Fair enough. So Brandon, now, your thoughts on Javon? Yeah. Now that you uh, make the PJ Tucker reference uh, comparison, I. I, I could see that. Uh, and he, and the first thing we you watch Javon Carter play, it, the first thing that comes to mind is perimeter defense. But it, he was one hell of an offensive guard. He averaged seventeen, uh, four point six boards, six point six six point six assists, and he shot nearly forty percent from three and had a PER of twenty four point nine. That's excellent offensive numbers in a pretty good defensive uh, league in the Big Twelve, at least at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have averaged but more after, assists if he had anybody around him that could make a three. I'll tell you that much. I saw a lot of missed open threes. Yeah, and and one thing about second round, one good thing about second round picks, uh, especially Carter, is his his floor is good. And now he's not necessarily the ceiling type draft pick where you're like, like Mo Bamba sort of like, uh, or it could happen, but he's he's very raw. John Carter is going to come in and play hard nosed defense, and he's going to give you that floor. That's an asset to your team. All right, Nate. We're we got both our markets represented, and we've got a third yeah. party who has no no favoritism involved uh, agreeing. So maybe we do know exactly. something. Yeah, we like to <laughs> pretend we know a thing or two. <laughs> but Brandon, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, if you want, give our listeners a shout and let them know where they can find you and keep up with you uh, during this NBA Finals and the off season upcoming. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you can find me at Hoops Provider on Twitter, and I post plenty of blogs on HoopsRevider.com. Uh, that's where I put most of my NBA uh, commentary. 
All right. Well, everybody check right, out Hoops the man, Provider. Brandon. They have great stuff. Brandon, thank you for coming on. We hope to have you back in the future, my friend. And sorry about the audio issue there at first, but we got it straightened out there. So I think it's all good now. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> All, All right, right, buddy. Thanks, have Brandon. A great Come back All soon. Right. All right, buddy. All right. Bye. Will do. Bye. All right. All right. That was Brandon Mueller from Hoops Provider. We're going to pay another bill real quick. We'll be right back after this. We want to invite you to check out our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com. For everything you could ever want and imagine in a cam site, it's finally here. It's wowfreecam.com. You can log on right now and go look at some beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. Wowfreecam.com limits absolutely nothing to your effect, and you can join right now and go check out all the fun over on wowfreecam.com. Make sure that you are 18 or older before checking out the site, but we want to give our oldest sponsor some love here on Wide Men Can't Jump and the Wide Men Network. WowFreeCam.com have been with us from the beginning, and we want you to enjoy all the riches they have to offer. So check it out now. You don't know what you're missing. WowFreeCam.com must be 18 or older. That's right, wowfreecam.com, the number one cam site on the internet that sponsors us. So, <laughs> since they're the only cam site that sponsors us. But we love them. We love Wow Free Cam. Great people over there. And check them out. The word, it, it's all in the name. You'll say wow, and it's free cams. So, there you go. What else are you asking for? All right, though, but we're going to get back to some NBA talk. TR, I got a surprise. Yo, yo. It's time okay. for Bush League. Yes, Bush League is back. Wow, the Bush return. League is back. All right. So, I'm going to go here with the update. You ready? You ready for Bush League, TR? Sure. I know it's your favorite segment. Absolutely. All right. This week's Bush League, number one, we go with the Houston Rockets. Oh, the Houston Rockets. Bless their heart. So close to the NBA Finals, yet so far away. They have home court advantage. And then they go on a streak, missing 27 consecutive three-point shots. Good Lord, it was hideous. It was so bad. Houston Rockets, bless you. We were pulling for you over here because we didn't want to see the matchup again. But the Houston Rockets, 27 missed consecutive threes. You know what it is? That's Bush. What is that? Bush League. You hear me? Oh, man, it was. It was so bad. Um, I'm going to take one back here a little bit here. Game six, I believe it was. Or no, it was game five. Excuse me. The Rockets took on the Golden State Warriors. And tripping ain't easy for one Draymond Green, who got the ball in the last seconds and went down like he got shot. Looked like that scene in The Jerk. I don't know if you've seen The Jerk where uh, the guy's trying to pick him off from the hillside and he just kind of ducks down. That's what Dream on Green looked like as he was falling with the basketball. Just fails like, poof. Like, goodness, Draymond. It was awful. Worst possession I've ever seen. Dribbles it off his leg, turns the ball over, loses the game. Luckily, they win the series. But Draymond Green, just because you're Draymond Green and you're a punk, um, you know what it is. I mean, that's that is Bush League. That's right. That is Bush 
League. And finally, you know, you know, Bush League. You know what, real quick? Go ahead. Real quick, Nate. Uh, yeah. I think last week, was it last week we had a Bush League where was he? I don't know if, if we had an official Bush League, but it was certainly Bush League that we were talking about. But we do so many episodes now. When he missed the dunk, is he yeah, a two-time he Bush Leaguer? He is a two-time Bush Leaguer. The only one with more Bush League appearances is Zach Collins. <laughs> so Draymond Green and uh, Zach Collins are the leading Bush Leaguers. So uh, nice. vote now for your favorite. This is Zach Collins or Draymond Green. I'll put the poll up on Twitter. You can vote who's the greatest, who's the Bush League MVP of 2017 and 18 between Zach Collins and Draymond Green. But uh, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. and I may have done this one already. I can't remember. I didn't prepare this. This kind of came to me at the last minute. But I think the Toronto Raptors deserve Bush League. And for that, I mean yeah. the, Toronto, the Toronto Raptors fire the, the the coach of the year who gets them to the number – apparently getting the number one seed and winning coach of the year doesn't save your job. Can you believe that? And Toronto fires him. They haven't picked a coach yet. Instead of letting go of Lowry or DeRozan, they get rid of Dwayne Casey, who really wheeled that team to where they are. They're just I – don't, I don't know what – it might be mental, but they have nothing to stand up against LeBron James. So, uh, for LeBronto, for – Toronto for firing Dwayne Casey, that was not just low. That was Bush League. Ah. Thank you, Kramer. And that's been Bush League for this week. No, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Can you repeat that? Oh, it hasn't? I said no. No, it hasn't. Because you got my brain rambling. And even even though this segment is named after... Nathan Bush, which would be you. I have me. my own, I have my own uh, uh, ideology or whatever you would call it, a thought pattern of what I perceive as a very recent uh, candidate. And oh. I'll explain, and then I'll and then I'll ask you what is that, and if it if it applies, you can hit the button. Okay. Um, Philadelphia's own self-proclaimed. Rookie of the year, Ben Simmons. Uh, yes. Second year, second year with the organization, but technically a rookie. Uh, flashy little triple doubles, but also scored one point in a very important game. However, that's not factored into the regular season. I understand that. Has mm-hmm. now uh, expanded beyond his, uh, quite frankly, cocky nature. Like when asked about Donovan Mitchell and so forth, and Jason Tatum. Uh, beat writers and national writers have said, who's the rookie of the year? And without, without a blink, he's just said, me, and left it at that. That's pretty cocky in my opinion. Uh, so beyond uh, the non-likable qualities that Ben possesses, he starts to date a Kardashian, well, a, a Jenner technically. Um, yeah. I should have my info. It's not Kylie. It's the other one, right? Kendall. Uh, Kendall Jenner, yeah, a, uh, a member of the Kardashian family. Uh, that goes uh, for, uh, I think, the best top player they ever had collectively was uh, Lamar Odom. But by that time, <laughs> well, he was in crack house. going to rank, the Kardashians are putting together a basketball team. So far, members include Tristan Thompson, 
Um, Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys. Yes, and that includes Tristan Thompson for a minute, and then he was traded to uh, another woman in another room elsewhere, which I think is called tampering, but we won't get into that. And then they uh, they have added Ben Simmons now to the Kardashian well, basketball organization. They also had uh, Reggie Bush as probably their most famous, and he got his Heisman taken away. So, that is true. No relation, uh, by the way, no relation. Uh, that is not a real good thing to do. Uh, maybe, maybe the young Jenner, uh, 22 she is, I believe, and he's 21. You know, maybe we should not judge everybody by their family, but I think in this case, Ben just exploring that at this particular time in his career. I don't know, Nate. What do you think about that? What is that? Well, I'll tell you this, T.R. I hate to break it to you. It's not Bush League. It's not. But I'll tell you what it what it makes Ben Simmons. Dummy. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair Dummy. enough. Fair enough indeed. Uh, the Kardashian family curse is almost like a, a game of Madden, the cover of Madden curse. It's getting pretty ridiculous now. Uh you know, pretty soon we're going to find out. We might hear that uh, Jason Collins and uh, uh, Caitlin are going out. So who knows? But uh, yeah, that's a rim shot. I think there's, we, there's a brother. A, there's a brother too that he could hook up with. I forget the brother's okay. name. Eric, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Eric. But uh, Rob, we took Rob, some time. Rob to, Kardashian. Yeah, it was Rob. That's who it is. It's Rob. But we took a few minutes today, and we had some time to talk to our good friend Jonathan Hood. From ESPN Radio's Dickerson and Hood, if you've ever heard him out of Chicago, great sports announcer, knows his thing, been in radio for years, and Jonathan was so gracious to give us some time. So we're going to go to our conversation now with Jonathan Hood from ESPN Radio. So sit back and enjoy this one. TR and I will be back on the other side. Right now, joining TR and myself on Wide Men Can't Jump, we have from ESPN Radio in Chicago, he's all over the world, from Dickerson and Hood, if you listen to ESPN Radio, we have Jonathan Hood joining us to talk a little bit of hoops this evening. Jonathan, thank you so much for jumping on with me and TR this evening. Nate, TR, thanks for having me. How you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, I uh, We talked for a minute off air. I'm just trying to, you know, get these burner accounts straight before we, you know. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I understand. You got to get your ducks in a row. Make sure that you get all five all ready to go, and so that way you're not in any trouble. You don't want to get any heat with anybody around the NBA about it. Right. I'm on. trying to figure out how Tr was able to get all the IP addresses over to Colangelo because I know that Tr was the guy that made the account talking about faults. It had to be him. I, I was talking about Hanky, but not those exact uh, th- those exact accounts. They they still haven't found the other seventeen. Go ahead, Jonathan. I'm <laughs> See, that's sorry. Fun. <laughs> wow, I just that's a crazy story, man. When that broke last night, I just I was all over it. I could not believe that story uh, from last night. But then again, you just never know. You know, you just you think that you'd be so busy trying to generally manage a team, but yet you'd have time to just you know, pretty much be a troll going after people about your collared shirts and and your the, the things that you do in the organization. Just a weird story, it really is. <laughs> I know for me, it's it's actually uh, beneficial 
because I have a, uh, I wouldn't say weak, I wouldn't say strong, but an in-the-middle Brett Brown impersonation. And the four guys uh-huh. he talked about all, all have an L in their name, so it makes it easier when I say, uh, Colangelo would talk about Markel, Joel, <laughs> Noel, and Jaleel. And Jaleel may have passed the physical, and it's all about growth. And that's about it. <laughs> as long as you got that L, man, you can go with that for as long as he's got that contract. Yeah, we got to keep those those four in the mix. So right. Yeah, and it's been it's been an interesting uh, development on that end. I, I read a few things where it was almost like it was dictated that um, they have they know for sure that it was Colangelo. They haven't said you know. It, there's no really denying it. Apparently, the IT have tracked it down to Brian Colangelo and. After giving Brett Brown that big extension, I guess they were trying to, to cover that story up, but it did not work at all. And then the next thing that comes out is I did see somebody. I don't remember who it was. Tweet it. Uh, it might be our good buddy Ian Riccoboni from Ring of Honor who tweeted this. Um, he, I think he retweeted it. And he had said, uh, if this were a wrestling storyline, they'd fire Colangelo, announce a big mystery hire, reveal, which turns out to be Hinky. Then six months down the line, it comes out that Hinky was the source of the manipulated info, and we'd see Hinky versus Colangelo at WrestleMania with Embiid as the referee. So there's your, there's your armchair booking. I love that. That's good booking right there. I, I tell you, That's great they booking. have to make sure – yeah, you got to make sure who it is, you know, before you make this deal. I know that on Philadelphia Sports Radio and the Fanatic, you know, on IP today, all this talk about trying to fire Colangelo. Until you have it concrete that you know that Tim, then definitely do it. This, this, and I know that there's a love for Hickey because he was the first with the trust the process and that whole thing. But you know, you got to make sure that you get this right, whatever it is, you know, whoever that is in the offices that are doing this because that's. It's just a, it's a bad look for the 76ers all around yesterday. That story, along with Ben Simmons, you know, you know going out with the, one of the Kardashians, Kendall Jenner, and then, you know, Joel Embiid with his little – I love his uh, trolling the Celtics. And now, now we're both on the couch. It's just – it was a sixer day yesterday. Yeah, sure it was, uh, which, again, is beneficial on my half. Being in Philly, Nate Nate's uh, T-Wolves guy, that's kind of the premise of the show. We do him on T-Wolves, me on the uh, Sixers, uh, mm-hmm. and then we just talk the NBA in general. But, you know, six, Sixers are, are out, but certainly not silenced. They're probably going to get as much play as the, as the finals itself. Well, to me, the Nate, Sixers – yeah, you got some issues with Minnesota, by the way, with that with that ball club. The things I've heard out of there <clears throat> over the last year with the, with Minnesota, um, it's a it's a good it's a good thing that Tom Thibodeau is there because if he's not going to coach, at least he can separate Jimmy Butler from Andrew Wiggins. So that's uh, that's kind of an issue there between those two. Jimmy Butler comes there and he says, you know, I, I heard something like Andrew Wiggins. Is good at two things. He's good at basketball sometimes, and uh, eating gummy bears and playing video games. Those is his those his best assets with Minnesota apparently the last few years. 
Well, I've heard that, that Wiggins is the kind of guy who he turns it on when he wants to. And yeah, I'll give I'll give him credit. They gave him the max contract, which I actually agreed with because he's shown glimpses of being the next big thing, what he was hyped to be. But the problem with Wiggins is is he looks lazy. He looks bored. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy that just kind of shows up at his job and gets his check, and then, you know, hey, look at all the money I've got, and goes to the house. It doesn't look like he's putting in the effort. He works hard in the off season. He really builds his body up. Um, needs to get rid of that hair. That, uh, the corner will look, no, no, Andrew, just no. Um, but um, if he – I, I, I don't like the hair. It just make, to me, it makes him look like an Iverson ripoff. And leave the corn rolls for AI. That's what we'll do. Take, take, but uh, take it easy. Take it easy, Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tr? But I'm thinking that if Ty Lue still had those corn rolls in as a head coach, as he has as a player, now he really gets through the shadows. I think now, now you got to tough that coach with the corn rolls. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Yeah, there, there'd be, be there'd be so much gray in the cornrows that he, he endured over the last couple of years, or I should say, accrued. Um, but but one yeah, thing I did want to mention about about Minnesota, though, Tr, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, town, from what I'm hearing, Towns is having and Tom Thibodeau are having a real problem right now and Towns is a restricted free agent after this season which means if he goes out and gets another deal from somewhere Minnesota will match it if they don't then they're stupid but according to Glenn Taylor he would get rid of Tom Thibodeau before he would get rid of uh of Carl Anthony Towns and there was a rumor that they wanted to trade Towns for the first pick because Devin Booker was trying to recruit Towns and Towns liked to tweet and all it takes nowadays is to like a tweet and it was probably a Devin Booker burner account so we don't know sure it was verified but still and there, there's a little drama up north but man Philly wins the drama battle for this uh off season so far and we're not even in the the, the whole off season as of yet so it's going to be an interesting um, couple of months before we get back into summer league and things of that nature. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm hoping Minnesota can make a few moves. We've lost Jamal Crawford. Uh, he is opted yeah. out of his deal. So I'm hoping we can get somebody out there. we got a lot of cap tied up, though, so we'll see what happens. I'll just I'll just say this. The last thing I have on, on Minnesota is several things. One, this, this is Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. You'll love this, TR. So – we have a snowstorm, and it is it is coming down in Chicago. It was brutal. We had a bad snowstorm, and, and the Bulls decided to cancel practice. Timberwolves are supposed to come into the United Center, and Thibodeau goes, we're going to practice. So apparently you still know somebody from Chicago. They got the doors open. Minnesota practiced, and the, and the Bulls canceled their practice during the snowstorm. So so wow. it just that, that, that gives you an idea of – the temperament of Thibodeau as the head coach, no matter how bad the conditions are, the Bulls in practice, but it didn't stop his team from practice. And then the other thing is too with Tom's team, just and I've really got my tentacles up there trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with this team, how come they underachieve? It's one thing is the playoffs, but it's just it's not infighting. It's just kind of this low key banter of. Tom with his two-plus-hour practices on game day, uh, the the inability for the Timberwolves to guard properly because Thibodeau hasn't slept since the Jimmy Carter administration. So you know that he's you know fifty feet high when it comes to you know the team not defending. So it is it's, yeah. it's tough because 
you want that team to guard, and they and that dog just won't hunt, and that that drives them up a wall. So that I just think that, on top of also being the president of basketball operations and the head coach, that's a tough job to do both. That's why Van Gundy got fired in Detroit. That's why they had to lessen the uh, uh, what happened in uh, Los Angeles with Doc Rivers. They took that away from him and let him just be the head coach. It's, it's tough to be both. And so it's just an uphill climb, I think, for Minnesota with Tom in that chair. Yeah, yeah and, I and Tom to... likes to – go ahead, T. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nate. No, that's well, that's, I'm just that's gonna... your baby. I just got two comments on players, but go ahead. Well, what I'll say about him is his slowdown style of basketball um, – while effective years ago when you had a Derrick Rose who was healthy and a Joachim Noah who could come out top and play with the ball in the top of the key. He wasn't going to shoot the ball, but he could a good passer could facilitate. And you had a younger Taj Gibson, uh, Carlos Boozer, guys like that. You couldn't, you can't really do that with this team. They're more athletic than those guys were. Um, I don't know why they don't run more fast break. They have no shooting. Their shooting is, is sad. Their best three-point shooter was by percentage was Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, maybe Jamal Crawford ended up with a better percentage, but they can't shoot threes. Nemanja Bialica has been a disappointment since coming over from uh, the EuroLeague where he was the MVP. Um, there's just been so much go on. And then Butler getting hurt. Butler was their guy. That was Jimmy Butler's team. Uh, and him going down, they, they showed that they, they needed him because in the fourth quarter, they had nobody. That killer instinct Jimmy Butler has that a guy like Towns doesn't have, Wiggins doesn't have, they really need that killer instinct. They don't have it yet. And I think them getting into the playoffs was a step in the right direction. Um, granted, they should have been a higher seed, but they ran into the best They ran into the best team in the West at the time in the Rockets. And, you know, they did win one, which that's good for them, but – time for them to go to work now, and they need to work on their shooting and get better. And this team can win. Can they compete for a title? I don't think so. But they can win, and they can make it farther in the playoffs right now. Yeah, my, my comments were just brief. Um, get the rim shot ready. Uh, as far as Wiggins goes, uh, he is Canadian. So uh, much like our third partner in this venture, Tim Dombrova, a little passive, a little, uh, I'll show up once in a while, you know, he's from Canada. So I've offended <laughs> two people right now. And uh, and and in closing, in fairness to Thibodeau, who actually could see eye to eye? Never mind. Shouldn't I finish that lady <laughs> eye joke? With Carl Anthony Towns, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having it ready, Nate. That's all I had to sneak in for my terrible joke. The Robert Gibson of the NBA. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Hoot. Yeah. But on the upswing, well, uh, finals talk, yeah, really. right? Yes, the NBA finals. Uh, Jonathan Hood, Mr. Hood, Jonathan, whatever we can call you. Uh, we really uh, wanted to dive into this series. It starts on Thursday night which if you're listening um, after the fact, we are recording on Wednesday. So Thursday night, the final start, game one in San Francisco. Do the Cavs stand a chance has been the question everyone's been asking. Do What do you think about that? You're the ESPN radio expert. What is your thoughts on the Cavs' chances against the Warriors? I think the, the Cavs, 
don't really have a, a, a real chance against the Warriors. And I think the reason why is because if LeBron James is Batman, who's Robin? I think that's the big question. I think mean, I know who Alfred is. Alfred is uh, is Kevin Love. But I think that what we have seen here is the, the, the missing the missing ingredient, right? I mean, T.R., look at it, man. You're looking at a guy um, in Kyrie Irving who was a terrific talent, but I think people forgot how important he was to that basketball team. You miss him with him being with Boston, and now look at what LeBron's had to go through. And, again, I mean, it, you, you don't take anything away from LeBron James because he's played all the regular season games. He, he was able to carry this team through the playoffs. But this dead-ass team from the beginning – has been led by LeBron James without having a number two score they can depend on on a regular basis. I don't mean roster-wise. I mean, even though Kevin Love was there, you still needed him to give you something on a regular basis. And so I just think that LeBron, with him having to deal with not just one team this year, but two teams, because that first team with Jake Crowder and Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade, that, I, I didn't think that team would win a championship, but that team was still in place. I don't think they win the East. Uh, but I think that LeBron James looked at it with the second team, the second go-around. He's getting a little something from Hill, um, a little something from Nance, but the rest of it, Hood's not, not very good. And um, I, I just think that and, and Clarkson hasn't really been the player they thought that he was going to be either. But it's just a whole culture shock for these guys, man. They that they are not used to being in this stratosphere, this close to a championship. So I just think that LeBron, for everything that he's done, it's just hard to beat that Warriors team because it's the it's some of the most talented guys you've ever seen on a, in a five man team ever in the NBA. Think about it. You got Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. If if someone has an off night, someone else can pick up the slack. If LeBron has an off night, who's going to pick up the slack? That's the thing, and that's why I just think the Warriors will be able to get this done if in, at the max six games. Yeah, I, you know, when you when you bring up Kyrie Irving, that was another not to take anything away from LeBron's game seven and et cetera. But if Kyrie Irving's your primary ball handler for Boston in the fourth quarter. Uh, is he going to go 0 for 10 like Terry Rozier and 3 for 12 or whatever, um, you know, uh, Jalen Brown was, et cetera? I mean, I, I think there might have been a different result there as well. But, but yeah, it, it's LeBron James, an incredible – I mean, I, I just sit in awe of him this year. It's weird to make another wrestling analogy like we always do. Four years ago around this time, the Splash Brothers to me were like the ultimate Daniel Bryan type baby face. I just right. all all over it. I was oh, I love the scene at Oracle, which I still do to a degree. And it's not necessarily all Durant. It's crazy as Draymond kicking people in the crotch and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're just. It's like now they're so loaded that and I flipped. Like I I was not a LeBron hater, but I was just like ah. Uh, now I realize his greatness. It took me 15 years to finally put him over, so to speak. But to me now, LeBron's the underdog babyface, and the evil empire is the heel Golden State Warriors. And unfortunately, I don't think it can be overcome, but I'm certainly going to root for, for Cleveland, even though, like you said, there's really no second option uh, that I can see. Um, as you said, as you made the Batman analogy, I mean, love – 
Love is great for number three against those guys, but there's there's really that missing element of of somebody to really take some load off of, of LeBron. Yeah, Nate, Nate, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, Nate, I was just going to ask you: do, is, are the are the Golden State Warriors like a Sammy Callahan like heel? What kind of what kind of, what type of heel is he? Are these one of these WWE bullshit heels? I mean, what what how do we how do we look at the Warriors from a heel standpoint now? Well, I think you got to look at the Warriors as the corporation from back in the day. Uh, oh. You know, they got all the they got all the stars. They got the Triple H and the the Rock and everybody back when the corporation was was huge and they had all the stars and you had one lonely stone cold Steve Austin leading up. You know, he probably couldn't take this kind tie team of his to the top, but he's going to give it all he's got. Uh, that's kind of the, kind of the reference I get. If you remember survivor series back in 1999, when the big show teamed with Kai and Ty, when he destroyed his entire team before he came out and, and ended up winning the survivor series match where it had, uh, Albert and, um, it was boss man and all those guys on the team. That would be the equivalent of LeBron James winning this title, uh, with, with this team. He has basically Batman and the uh, Gotham police force against the Joker, <laughs> the Riddler, you know, basically everybody. He doesn't even have a problem. He's got the police force with commissioner Gordon managing the team, Ty Lu and man, Ty Lu just, he has not aged well since he took that head coaching job. And I see him at the games. I'm just it's sitting on the bench, and I just look at him. And I go, I wonder what he's thinking. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably thinking, I wonder what play LeBron's going to run next. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been rough for him. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, but yeah, that's, I think we that's, all. That's, I think we all. That's just how I feel. The Warriors, the Warriors are going to win. Yeah, I say Warriors in five. That's my prediction, Tr. And Jonathan, you guys can make yours if you'd like. I'm thinking Warriors in five. Um, I, you know, head and heart are two different things, uh, with my head, uh, I'm thinking a potential sweep, believe it or not. Um, yeah. with my heart, I'm hoping Draymond gets four quick technicals and gets banned from the playoffs. Iguodala's <laughs> leg still hurts. Um, Durant and Kerr have an awkward sideline moment, and then the burner count is discovered, and there's some kind of weirdness there. And it's just Clay and Steph, who I still kind of like, against LeBron, and maybe it'll be a good series out of that. But uh, I, I think it's a possible sweep, which is not good for the you know networks and so forth, and et cetera. And it's uh, it'll it'll take a little away from the casual eye about LeBron James, but. I mean, dude's a stud, and uh, you know, I just this this would be the perfect year to overcome all adversity and then you know prove his greatness. Because it, it took me 15 years to really go, man, this guy's freaking really the best in the world. And uh, you know, uh, there's still some naysayers about that. I, I don't get into comparing eras because you know I, everybody's doing Jordan and LeBron. I don't even mess with that, but. You know, I, I hate that. I can say definitively. Yeah, I can say definitively that he's he's the best right now. And before, I always had questions. Well, maybe this guy, maybe that guy. Nah, he's he's so damn good, so strong. Has all the hyperbolic chambers in his house and all that stuff with the off season. So he's obviously dedicated. 
just just a class good you know from everything i know about him at least a good dude and you know hard to play with apparently for some but i mean what are you gonna do uh warriors and four i'm gonna go out and say it's a sweep lebron is uh jerry lawler that's what he is he is he's the king he he, he is solid for his territory that's what that's what he is. That LeBron James for his territory, his territory being the Eastern Conference, you know, he finally was able to win that AWA championship uh, when he came back to Cleveland. Finally won over uh, Kurt Henning. Uh, that's how I, I look at LeBron. I think for his territory, for his time, as you mentioned, PR, I think that's what he is. And and believe me, whether it's a Chicago show or national shows, I could. I'm so tired of LeBron versus Michael because here's the thing. Oh, we all are. I, I think I think deep down, so many people want to see Jordan reprise. They'd love to see Jordan, that type of figure, you know, coming back into the NBA, but it's, it's not going to happen. And I think that everybody's measuring stick is Michael Jordan, and it doesn't have to be for this generation. It is LeBron James, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I and, and then we get into this um, remedial thought about rings and we're counting championships and that championship is not the make of a man you know it's the teams that he's been on the numbers that he's put up the difference maker that the player is and I think that LeBron is right up there in that stratosphere is one of the greatest of all time there's no doubt but I mean I, you know but here's the thing if a 21 year old told us on the show that he thinks LeBron James is the greatest he's ever seen you can understand why because yeah. that's the best he's seen he didn't see Jordan as prime so I can't I can't argue and throttle and try to choke the crap out of a kid that comes to the barbershop and says that LeBron's the greatest of all time. That's how he feels. That's how he feels. But, you, you know, all three of us know better. We know that we've seen some of the all-time greats in the 80s and the 90s come through, and we've read enough about, you know, the Russells and the Chamberlains and know what they did in their era. So I just think that's how we look at it, man. I just I cannot just get into this ridiculous debate on who's the best, who's greatest, because all these guys – at one point in time in their careers and their you know, particular eras were great. And they're all in the Hall of Fame. So what, what the hell difference does it make? Exactly. Yeah, I, I hear you. I got one thing, Nate. I got somebody Go badgering me. Uh, I'll try to get them out of here real quick. Hold on. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Hey man, my, my man, is that somebody say something about uh, 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 Hood, uh, Rodney Hood, Jonathan Hood? Did you know that I worked under a Hood man? <laughs> how you doing, hey, Jonathan? Hey Wildfire, how you doing, buddy? Man, I was listening. This damn Tom Rousey trying to keep me in the closet. Says you ain't even on this show. I'll talk about. Hold on, man. Uh oh. Alex English, I love you. Anyway, I know something about basketball. 1981, Dan Rousefield and Tree Rowland says, says, T.R., what are you going to do? We're going to post for a pitch because I'm the big, biggest star in it. In anyway, tired asshole, I'll get the hell off. So what, it ain't my damn show. I'll see you later. Thank you, Wildfire. Good to hear from you. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry for that interruption. He always does that. He does. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> who, who doesn't want to hear from the 1981 NWA champion? Who doesn't want to hear from, from Wildfire, man? It's so good to hear him fired up. He's, he sounds good, man. He sounds, he sounds lucid. I, I'm a big fan of Wildfire when he, whenever he uh, appears. 
strange. He mentioned yeah, Alex he, English, where I don't even know where he pulled that one out. <laughs> I think he's been reading. I think he's been reading your uh, Sports Illustrated that you keep in the bathroom. Tr. It has to be what it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Hopefully, well, I got one more question. I'll let you go, Nate. I got one more question for you, Jonathan, and then we will let you go. And again, we want to thank you so much for giving us some of your time. I know you're busy. And we really appreciate it. And you're welcome on the show anytime you want. And uh, we would definitely Absolutely. stay in contact. Um, last question. Off season, I know the rumors, and everybody's ty- probably tired of, tired of hearing about it. But where do you think in the off season we see LeBron James go? Does he stay in Cleveland? Does he go to L.A.? Does he go to Houston? Is there somewhere else? Does he end up in Philly? What do you think from your side of the tracks in Chicago, where do you think he's going to end up? If you're LeBron James, you don't have many choices because you're going to deal with the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't. So I think that if he goes to Philadelphia, definitely the Sixers go and they go to the finals, but then you still run into Houston or Golden State on the other side. If he goes to another Eastern Conference team, besides Cleveland, it would be the same thing where you are in a different atmosphere, a different address, but yet you still may not have enough to be able to get past the powerhouses of Houston and Golden State on the other side. If you go to Los Angeles and you play for the Lakers, you're the veteran along with a lot of young guys, but you still have to run into Houston and Golden State. And I think that in a small way, I think there's a small percentage of chance that he goes to Houston, tries to recreate that banana boat with uh, with Chris Paul and James Harden. But the thing is that if he comes over, they'll be so cap-strapped. It'll be just three stars and a whole bunch of G League players. That's going to be a major issue. So to me – even though he doesn't like Dan Gilbert, you can see the body language between the two. You know that they don't get along. I just think that there's going to be a revamped roster with Kevin Love off of it. He's going to find a couple of stores that he can play with, and I think that he's going to stay in Cleveland at least for one more year, and they're going to give it another shot because I just think him, his family, are content being in Cleveland. If he goes someplace else besides Houston or, or Cleveland, he's not going to be able to get into the finals again. So I, I I predict he's going to stay in Cleveland in the off season. Interesting. So much for my LeBron Sixers jersey, but we don't even know if we're going to have a front office by that point either. So you know, <laughs> maybe I'll get a Jenner okay. jersey. That'll work. Oh, oh, I like that. Oh, send me send me DMs on that. Send me send me the, send me the pictures first on that, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jonathan, thanks for giving us some of your time. I know you uh, you only got a little time to deal with us here, but thank you so much for jumping on. And uh, we appreciate it. You're welcome anytime. And, again, thank you. And everybody check out Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio. You can follow Jonathan. you got your own podcast too, don't you? Yeah, the Under the Hood podcast. Um, it's a lot of my shows I do from ESPN Chicago and a lot of these lot of interviews with comedians um, and just kind of one-on-one interviews long form because as you both know, radio can be sometimes limiting because of commercials and reads and updates, but the podcast, just like this format here, long form, great conversation like this show is, I think that that's, that's kind of where the medium's going. So even though I've been doing radio for over 25 years, I think that podcasting is really a great way to go to have long form, uninterrupted kind of unfiltered conversations. And that's why, I enjoy being on this show. Yeah, cool, well, man. I was so checking much. out some of the stuff. I was checking out some of the stuff um, last night just to be fresh, 
and you know it, it's great that you implement like wrestling talk like we do and um you know bits like uh tales from the hood and so forth and you know so anybody listening that's not aware of jonathan and hood and somewhere somehow is aware of us dopes um make sure you check out under the hood wherever you can get podcasts but make sure it's the right one and and definitely check out espn radio's own and thank you very much uh jonathan hood thank you for coming on man yes sir thank you for coming on all right that was our interview with jonathan hood and tr you still with me brother yeah man i was marking out that was uh jonathan such such a fucking fun guy man he is but no rest for the wicked as we are joined now by our next guest he is from the Liberty Ballers uh, blog organization. This is Matt Carey. Matt, thanks for jumping on with us, buddy. No problem, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. How you doing, Sorry Matt? you got in there. We were just yeah. getting uh, – we had an interview with Jonathan Hood earlier from ESPN Radio, but we definitely wanted to get to you, Matt. You are our last guest, but certainly not least, as we want to dive in headfirst. Uh, Liberty Ballers is a great blog that follows this Philadelphia 76ers very closely. If you need it, check it out. It's on, They're on Twitter, uh, and we'll have Matt plug away when he gets done with us here. But uh, Matt, TR is a Philly guy. He's from Philadelphia, been there his whole life. So, TR, I'm going to let you take the first question on this as we dive into the saga that is the 76ers right now. Go ahead. Well, Matt, how you doing, sir? First of all, thank you. Um, I am a uh, Liberty Ballers follower on Twitter. I I get into the halftime question, which I think is pretty badass of you guys, uh, just mm-hmm. off the top. Um, this is uh, out of nowhere and kind of uh, amazing to me. Uh, with Ben Simmons all of a sudden in a in a romance, Brett Brown resigned, uh, Joel Embiid taking the Twitter shots at the Celtics and playing ball in Philly with kids. And then the big one, Brian Colangelo, uh, allegedly, I guess we still have to say, but um, with, with definitely admittedly one account, possibly up to five with a lot of uh, questionable commentary on, 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 you know, four players specifically and, and, and the organization and so forth. Uh, is there any uh, up-to-the-minute updates, anything that's came out in, within the last uh, several hours that we might not know about? Yes, there is. I was just going to say, you guys have been recording for a little bit, so you, you've missed the, the, latest, the latest development in this. Uh, Sixers Twitter, as you guys know, have been all over this. This is basically their Watergate. Um, wow. And they have, they have uncovered the link between the burner Twitter account and the wife of Brian Colangelo. Um, so they, I, I don't know if you guys saw last night, the Sixers Twitter had, had it going around that it was, uh, that there, you know, you can track the, the last couple digits of a phone number on the account. When you like forget your password on Twitter, you have to they give you the last couple numbers of your phone number so they know where to send like the activation code. And they got right. somebody tracked down, somebody tracked down, um, Brian Colangelo's wife's phone number and it matched the last two digits of it matched the, the, the phone number on three of the burner accounts. Um, Interesting. So that appears, that appears to be the latest, 
working theory um, as to as to the culprit here, um, which I would I would submit is not good news for Brian Colangelo's future. Oh wow! Wow, Nate, uh, I got to recover from this one. Go ahead, Nate. Thank yeah. You. Well, here here's something I, I do want to ask because. I'm in the dark on the rules set forth. Now, I assume, and this is basically me trying to, because I'm trying to understand myself, this is a black eye for the Sixers organization, and it's probably going to lead to Brian Colangelo's uh, termination. But is there something like, are there rules set forth by the Players Association? Is there a clause in the agreement, in the uh, the agreement between the Players Association and the um, the owners and the general managers that they can't do something like this? Is there rules against it, or is this just a thing where, dude, you're talking crap about our players? This is not good for team morale. We got to let you go. I was just wondering if there's official rules. Or if this is just a bad PR thing that's going to really – it's going to get him fired either way more than likely. That's my question. I don't know if there's any official rules that, that govern this, mainly because it's so out of left field. I don't even know if they would think to put rules in place for this sort of thing. Um, I, I think it's more – I mean, there, there was some – when these things happen, there's always people coming around with, oh, it could be this. It could be a violation of HIPAA. It could be – a violation of this obscure rule in the collective bargaining agreement. But mostly I think it's, I don't think any of those things would lead to his termination. I think it's bad. To, I think it's just bad decorum. Now from the Sixers point of view, you could certainly argue that if it was Brian Colangelo bad mouthing his own players on Twitter, that would be cause for termination. Um, I would say that would be conduct detrimental to the team, which is a phrase that's been in sports for forever. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's more, just even looking past the rules, it's just it's just a bad decorum thing to do to to anonymously slander. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I, before the, the the news regarding his wife came out, I was generally referring to it as Brian Colangelo. I think I need to to move off of that. But even with if, if it's his wife, I mean, it's it's just bad decorum for anybody involved with the organization or a high ranking spouse of, an, of a high ranking member of the organization. This is this is unbelievable. It's on the eve. Uh, well, it broke last night, but basically on the eve of the NBA Finals, um, such a bizarre story out of my hometown and your hometown, um, yeah. our franchise. Which wow, man, it's 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 just and, madness. And now, that, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but on top of that, I think that's the, the the NBA has to be furious right now because this is the eve of the biggest event of the year. This is the Warriors versus the Cavs, the unstoppable juggernaut against LeBron, or you could flip those depending on which way you think the series is going to go. But this is their crown jewel event. And all we're talking about for the 48 hours leading up to it is Brian Colangelo or Brian Colangelo's wife's burner Twitter accounts. The, the league office has to be beside themselves right now. And I almost wonder, I mean, this is, totally reckless speculation. But I wonder if there's some pressure being put forth from the league office to the Sixers to say, handle this, get this off our, get mm. this off the table, get this out of the news. We want to put our NBA finals on. That's the story. We don't want seven days of is will, will they or won't they fire Brian Colangelo? Good point. Uh, I was going to go further in this crazy uh, witch hunt, if you will. This is just, you know, 
something that popped in my head is speculation. Um, if you remember back when Markel Fultz posted, uh, I, I got to go paraphrase and not verbatim. It's just off the top mm-hmm. of my head. He said, you can't trust anyone and left it at that. And then Brett Brown had to come out and say that he didn't uh, state that it was a mental issue. And uh, were there any tweets that tied into that you think? I mean, I'm just witch hunting here and just wondering what's what. But was you think there's any correlation, or maybe we shouldn't even speculate on that? It's. I mean, nothing's impossible. Um, I wouldn't bet on it because it seems like this. This came so out of nowhere, and the like. Normally, when we find out about these anonymous twitters or burner accounts or whatever you want to call them, it's because somebody slips up. It's because somebody, like, accidentally tweets something like Kevin Durant did from their actual account that was supposed to be from their burner account. And that's how you find right. out about this, these type of things. Like, nobody knows who the ringer source was, but it, it seems like this was so, like, this was the ultimate in diving through the weeds on Twitter to find this. Um, that I, 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 I don't know. It's impossible to say, really. I, I, it, it's certainly not impossible that you know somebody on the team found out about it and who knows maybe that's somebody involved with the the ringer sourcing but i I don't i don't know if any if this was on the radar of the players before last night gotcha maybe maybe a former general manager uh (laughs) could have leaked something i'm not saying you never my know. Favorite conspiracy, my favorite conspiracy theory. I love it. There is absolutely no way. I, 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 I say nothing's impossible, but there is absolutely no way. But I love. I just love that we can have that conspiracy theory, that this saga has gone in such so many different directions that people could even say, like, you know, maybe Hanky did this. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to think about. We're going to end up with uh, – we're going to end up with documents releasing – Eventually, that Hinky acted alone. They're going to call it the Silver Documents. Uh, they'll release those uh, eventually here. But uh, one thing I do want to know is I saw I'd read something on Twitter that said uh, Jalil Okafor and his family were deciding what to do and what to make of this situation. Can Brian Colangelo, for using burner accounts on Twitter, can he be sued for defamation of character for talking bad about these players? I mean, I'm not a lawyer, um, but if the, I know a guy, if yeah, if what <laughs> they said were if what they said was untrue, uh, whether it's Brian, his wife, whoever it, whoever the the Sixers internal investigation ends up uh, pointing to as a target, if what they said was untrue, certainly. I mean, I guess it's, it's possible now with any sort of I, I do do a little bit of uh, legal uh, legal covering in my my work as a reporter, but. I mean, for that sort of thing, you usually have to prove damages, and I don't know how much damages you would be able to prove with a account with seven followers uh, putting that <laughs> information out. Um, like my I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know if, uh, I mean, given how much false information is on Twitter that goes unchecked day by day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start counting my, my money from the lawsuit if I were the Okafor family. Um, but, you know, again, you never know. Yeah, I, I, you're, that was probably just unintentionally funny about the seven flowers, but I, I, I always find I kind of, kind of stuff humorous because 
Um, believe it or not, uh, as small as we are, we have haters as well. And then we check it out. It's always somebody with like two followers and three followers, maybe, et cetera. So that, maybe that always it's Colangelo that hates us. Maybe it's Colangelo. I'll, I'll tell you guys, to be totally honest, guys, I had I had a run in last year with one of the burners. Wow. I really? had a I had a yep, I had one uh somebody tweeted it out to me this morning. Um it, it's one of the ones that's now private, so I can't see what they said to me, but we uh, like a, a four four or five tweet back and forth, including a point where I asked uh the burner what who their or what their source was for that information they had told me because I remember the, I remember the conversation vaguely because I remember that the information they were saying was so like off the wall but they were saying it as such definitive fact that it threw me for a loop and now I know why yeah um, and it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious that that is really funny yeah ahead, it's, uh, I mean this social media thing like uh you know, I think we have a, a respectful difference. I think, I think you guys. I don't want to say you uh, specifically, but uh, your staff. How many? How many are on staff at Liberty Ballers? Oh, I think we have like ten now. I'm pretty much an inactive member at this point. I don't write as much as I used to, um, but okay. uh, I think we're at about ten now. I, I think it's safe to say the majority were were pro hinky. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm an anti-hinky guy, and uh, you know I, I know Spike Eskin a little bit from back in the uh, Kid Chris days in, in Philadelphia and so forth. But I, you know, I never—it's a difference of opinion that some people argue about. I kind of have fun with it, and I, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I never got behind trading up for faults, and I was kind of like, God, I got the worst of uh, two evils that I'm rooting for. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it's it's like. I think you're right with the NBA. Like, I think there's, you know, especially with the news, because we had no idea on the air. Thank you for breaking that news to us about the uh, tied to his, to his misses. But I, I think a team in our situation, which is, you know, depending on your opinion, right on the cusp, so to speak, uh, we may do some off-season maneuvering and what have you. I, I think you almost have to uh, – you know, um, I don't want to come out and say it, but just I have to remove Brian from that position and and start fresh so we can we can really concentrate on improving our ball club. I agree. I think it's it's a little bit more unfortunate now that it's if 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 it I, I say I keep saying indefinite, but if we if we do find out that Brian did have nothing to do with it, um, but I think at this point perception is reality. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that his his brand and his relationships with players from this point forward have to be severely damaged. Um, even if you even if you or they try to paint the, his wife as you know this she doesn't speak for me. Um, I didn't know she was doing this. I would have never approved of this, such a thing. I've never said anything like that about Joel Embiid or Jalil Okafor or whoever the case may be. I think you're always going to wonder. I mean, it, it's his wife. Like, I, I, I right. doubt she formed all of these opinions independently. Um, <laughs> so I think, that, I think that's a very tough sell. And I think another kind of – it's kind of a situation where the cover-up is almost as bad as the act, where for the last 24 hours, all we've heard from Brian Colangelo is, I have no idea who could have done this, what their motives might have been. Um, this is disturbing to me. 
Uh, there was a quote from one reporter today that said where Colangelo allegedly told him that somebody's out to get me. And I, I just find it hard to believe that eight days after the ringer first contacted the Sixers, Brian Colangelo still didn't know it was his wife. Um, that's just totally implausible to me. Um, or didn't even bother to ask, like, hey, you know, some of the times I was burning off steam, you didn't happen to tweet those, did you? Um, it, it just seems totally implausible to me. And, and I think, to be totally honest, I think that makes him complicit. Um, I, I don't yeah. see how you can come out here and say, you know, I had no idea, I had no idea how this happened. And then 24 hours later, it comes out that it's your wife who did this, and you go, I had no idea. I, I just don't believe that. And I think it, it totally compromises his credibility. I mean, he called Joel Embiid last night to tell him, I don't know, I, this isn't me, I don't know how this happened. How's Joel Embiid supposed to take him seriously now? Uh, so Agreed. I, I, just, I, I, think, I, I think that and, – and, Players around the league are taking note. Um, I, I think this is just a situation where you just have to rip off the Band-Aid. And, and I mean, you can – and I think – and I, I, ultimately, I think this is where it's going to end up is he'll get the golden parachute to resign. I, I don't think either side wants to drag it out. I, I just don't see how they can justify keeping him around with a, a legitimate chance at bringing LeBron James to Philadelphia – Staring, staring them in the face. I just don't see how they can keep why, how or why they would keep Brian around. I am uh, in complete agreement there, Nate. You coming from a different market? What do you What do you think uh, about the situation? I think Colangelo's wife has been having an affair with Sam Hinky, and it's the only way to explain <laughs> it. And I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, what? Uh, it just seems like this. This may be more common than we think. Like this may be a thing that general man, like maybe the GMs have met, and they and they discuss things like this. It's like, man, I just wish I could tell these players what I really think. It's like, well, you know, you could make a fake Twitter, you know, no harm in that. Just don't let them yeah. find I out. Mean, and you. general managers, general managers have been talking to people on background for as long as time. I mean, and one of the things yeah. that I thought was most damning toward Brian is a lot of the reporters who cover the Sixers and national reporters like Adrian Wojnarowski came out and said, you know, Brian can say this isn't him and that's great. But a lot of the things that are in those tweets reflect things that we've heard from Brian Colangelo and people inside and outside the Sixers organization. So it's not like these are like totally off the wall things that are totally out of character for, for Brian Colangelo like, there's always been a bit of um, resentment from the current regime towards Sam Hinkie for sort of the, I, I guess, the, the deification of Hinkie amongst some Sixers fans, um, whereas, you know, Hinkie gets all the credit for bring, for the process and nobody gives Colangelo any credit. Um, there's and he's the guy that, that deserves um, the credit, in, in this show's opinion. I, I think it's, I think it's, it's very... Again, it kind of goes back to it's not like these are new opinions. So it's, it's hard to yeah. say, like, you know, she's, she's a rogue actor when plenty of people can verify that this isn't the first time they've heard similar sentiments coming from Brian Colangelo or anyone associated with Brian Colangelo. Yeah, this is, this is such a, uh, such a big – it's almost uh, – that's why I, I kind of want to wash my hands of it and, and hope they – just end it 
with you know what they have because I don't want it to affect our off season and and what have you and and have it drag along and also uh, rightfully so by the league what you pointed out they are likely um, and of course we're just speculating they're likely uh, wanting this thing to go away and just so everybody's focus like you said will be on the finals segueing to which and we can get back to the Sixers uh, anytime if you have any minutes left but um, we've asked every other guest tonight and we're all pretty much consensus um, in feeling that the Warriors are going to kick the crap out of the Eastern Conference representative in the Cleveland Cavaliers. We just have a difference in games. Um, in your opinion, is there any shot for Cleveland in this series? Uh, is there a shot? Sure. You have LeBron James on your team, I'll always say you have a chance. Uh, would I bet on it? Not in a million years. <laughs> um, I would, I would probably say I would say Warriors in five. Um, I, well, I, I think the playing. Warriors are just so good, and 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 that Cleveland team, God bless LeBron, but they're they're not even in the same league. Um, it, it's, it's a testament to how good LeBron is, because that team is, I mean they they won a game seven in Boston. Their second best player was Jeff Green. Like they're they're not that's not a good supporting cast. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, the Warriors have three or four Hall of Famers in their starting lineup. So I, I just I, I I LeBron is great, and if anybody can will a team toward respectability in the series, it's LeBron. But I just I don't see it. God, gotcha. yeah, I feel that too. I said Warriors and five myself. So. uh you're in good company, Matt. I, I thank you for yeah. agreeing with me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, is there anything you want to add in on the Sixers and especially this whole situation before we let you go? And we really want to thank you for giving us some of your time jumping on here and breaking news and breaking necks and cashing checks, my man. You are the man. Yeah. It, it's it's just it's the most Sixers story there is. Like <laughs> it's so it's so bonkers. It, it's there have been so many bizarre Sixer stories over the last five years, and this this one just takes the cake. It, 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 it's absolutely incredible. Um, I, like, there was a part of me that when it first broke was like, I really wish this was another team so I could just laugh at it unconditionally. But right. I, I kind of, I've kind of come around that I kind of prefer it be the Sixers because it's the most Sixer story. Um, it's, yeah. it's absolutely absurd, and I, I, I really can't wait to see how they handle it because I, this is the Sixers. They've never been the one to make the most logical move. Um, their handling of any public relations issue over the last five years has been questionable at best. So I think there's absolutely a chance they just say, you know what, we're going to ride it out. We'll see how it goes. Um, if this is, we'll, we'll hope it's not a thing in a week. Uh, the finals will start. People will stop laughing at us. It'll be great. We love Brian. He's great. Uh, I, I think it's a non-zero chance. I just think that any logical owner would say, you know what? I don't want to. I have a franchise player who he might have pissed off. No other star is going to come here and play for him. I, I just nothing shocks me with this team. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of wish. We could go on a time machine and have a Pat Croce type character. 
he would go on Twitter as Pat Croce, possibly a couple beers in the bag and be like, you know, saying the type of things that uh, allegedly Brian or Mrs. Colangelo said, and at least there'd be no mystery. But, uh, oh, he would but yeah, it'll be on Twitter. Oh my God. Uh, it'll be so, it'll be so much fun. Summer league, uh, you know, off season free agency. It's, it's, great for our show and i'm sure it's great for liberty ballers um no matter what the case um we have a, a homegrown story now that we can follow almost like a, a soap opera so to speak which is uh bad and good at the same time like you said it's it's such a sixers type story and uh man it's just it's wild it's still still hasn't sunk in it's like you know, I defended his actions other than the false uh, guffaw. I said, you know, the guy brought in the vets with Bellinelli and Ilyasova, blah, 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 blah. And uh, now it's just like, who's next? <laughs> I guess. It's, uh, it's nuts. I did see one thing on Twitter. There is a uh, poll online right now uh, from one Andy Bailey, um, in case anyone follows him. He asked... Who done it? Was it A, Brian Colangelo, B, Brian Colangelo's wife, or C, Benjamin Franklin Gates, which is um, Nick Cage's character from National Treasure? So, (laughs) (laughs) we don't know who it is. Uh, Could be anyone. I'm sticking with Hinky's having a secret affair, so we'll stick with that. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling kids and their dog. But, uh... (laughs) This has been a while. I'm sorry, guys. I can't help it. This story's just too funny. <laughs> I have to sit back it's, and laugh a little it's a, bit. It's, it's, it's a gold mine for jokes. It really is. Like, this is, <laughs> other than the only thing I can think of in in, in golden Twitter humor is the, the kidnapping of DeAndre Jordan that compares <laughs> to this story. This is, this is made for Twitter. Like, it's, it's a shame because, I, I mean, I, I think ultimately – Somebody's losing their job over this, which is a shame. But yeah. God, this is so funny. Like you, you can't help but laugh at how absurd it is. Yeah, it's like that. Absolutely. DeAndre Jordan's kidnapping and Mark Sanchez's butt fumble are three of the most comical things I've ever seen happen in sports. Uh-huh. Um, you have to, unless you're a maybe, Jets fan. Maybe Matt, maybe Matt Barnes will go up and beat up uh, Derek Fisher to take the heat off of Philadelphia for a minute. <laughs> maybe, Who knows? You know what? Maybe uh, Delonte West will come back to the Cavs. That would be entertaining. Uh oh! Now we're going to dangerous territory. <laughs> yeah, just, just well, miles Matt, of thank- great basketball content. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, go ahead and give us a plug, or give your plug. Yeah, just plug us, Matt, when you get off here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and. Uh, Find you out on Twitter and check out Liberty Ballers on uh, their blog. It's it's pretty awesome on the on their Twitter. So go ahead, Matt, and plug away. Yep, read Liberty Ballers, LibertyBallers.com. I like I said, I'm I'm a less active writer these days than I was in uh, in past years. I'm I'm more of a Twitter personality at this point. Find me at, on Twitter at Real Matt Carey, C A R E Y. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is fun to fun to talk. No problem. About. God knows this is all I'm talking about at this point in the program. Well, we're glad you were yeah, able to jump on with us. Hope to have you back soon. Go ahead, TR. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm, I'm a big, you know, in-game when I'm quote-unquote analyzing it, 
I'm a big fan of always checking you guys out. I'll retweet you when you make me laugh and so forth. So great job over there at Liberty Ballers. Anybody should check it out that's listening to us, whatever market you're in. So thanks a lot, my man. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks. Have a good night, Matt. Thank you. You too. See ya. All right. That was Matt Carey from Liberty Ballers. We got about 15 minutes left. Let's go ahead and pay our last bill, and we'll be right back. Hello, my name is Kennedy Miller and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight by Alcone. We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60 plus years in the industry. My website is limelifebyalcone.com backslash makeupkennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. Thanks to all of our guests tonight and all of our great sponsors. TR, we got a call. And he has been ultra patient. He's been in in the queue now for almost 45 minutes. Hello, caller. Hey, guys. Hey, it's Jeff. What's going on? Hey, uh, actually, I stopped there for a minute, went and did some chores and Came back and you guys were still talking, so it, it worked out all right. I just left the phone on and did some house cleaning before I got on the phone, so it's all good. I'm watching a little well, hockey we're so, now. We're so glad that we're so important to you, Jeff. Well, it sounds like you've had a really good show. I came back, there was one guy on there talking about uh, you know the odds the LeBron had, and then the last guy was I heard Colangelo, so I put it down for a minute, and uh, then I came back and. I didn't even know. I heard a little bit about at work today that there was uh, some things going on there, but I didn't wasn't really clear. Then I saw on the bottom line on ESPN about uh, some fake accounts and things. So and and I heard uh, Nathan actually discuss um, a little bit about uh, it's probably probably happens more times than we might think, and uh, I, I believe that's probably true. So. I'm yeah, I, I one of those mean, times that somebody got their hand caught in a cookie jar for a change. I think in in this specific case, and of course until it's all you know, it's all speculation. It's all I should preface everything with allegedly. Um, but I think in this case, uh, I still got you guys right. Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. still here. Sorry, we had we had an audio problem earlier, and I just was checking. Um, I think, uh, the, you know, but prior to the, the, the our, our last guest just actually broke news to me. I don't know if Nate was aware of it, that I his wife not. had been linked to it. Yeah, that was new news to me. Um, but I know that the Sixers uh, representative, when the ringer source had called the Sixers, uh, Brian came back with a statement that that Phila one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or whatever that handle may have been, he admitted to that being his which I actually don't see a problem with, but now it's, it's just too much. But um, to finish my point, if, if a GM, because in this day and age we just had with Roseanne yesterday with the racist comments and ABC's right. reaction, and how many other times have, have Twitter remarks um, landed people in trouble that are in the public eye and even not so much in the public eye. So we're dealing with a different animal than we were 15 years ago. And if I were the GM of a team – um, I'd probably monitor uh, my guys that they didn't say anything stupid and try to 
uh, head them off of the pass or do damage control or what have you. And that would be a valid excuse to have one account that doesn't post opinions or likes or follows or retweets or whatever. But now that there's so many quotes about specific people and circumstances and whatnot, it's it's just it's a crazy soap opera. It's it's probably get a movie made out of it somehow. Right. Yeah, it's uh, been. It's been. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I I agree. It's. Uh, you know, you hope thing like you said. I think I heard somebody say that they hope the the Sixers clear this up before the finals. You know, which tomorrow. And um, yeah, I think it might it might depend on whether it lingers around or not on the Sixers. You know, if it's, it depends on if like any reporters getting leads up there, and that could really be uh, it could be one of those things that could you know, like you said, a mountain it could be made out of a molehill, or it could be. Uh, uh, something that just goes away. I'm sure the NBA, you know, they're wanting this to go away. But uh, I think it just depends on what all, if anything escalates or not. You know how things can be, especially gets in the news, things get pretty big. So um, right. it's unfortunate. But uh, And really it's kind of sad because Colangelo did a solid job. You hate to see somebody might lose their job or whatever or something like that. And I believe, didn't the coach get an extension today? Yeah, Brett Brown. Yeah, uh, it was yesterday. Yesterday. It was yesterday, but same day that it all kind of broke together. It was strange. Right. That was really, that was really odd. A lot, of, a lot of things going on there. Especially when I, – I don't know how you feel, but I don't have a problem with – I mean, as long as Embiid's not doing really something stupid. The problem is, I guess, it's where he's being injury-prone and uh, playing out with the kids or whatever. You know, Jordan had a for love of the game clause as well. I don't know if Embiid's got that. I'm, I'm sure they're not happy about it and don't want to see it much more. But you know, it's he just doesn't need to be exhausting himself out there, especially with the injuries. But I man, if he's out there just shooting around or something like that, you know, I don't. But he was looked like he was trying. He was dunking or something, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what, he played some. Uh, what do you call that? Um, and one. Remember that, Nate? What was it called? And oh, one? man. Sport, I, love I love playing and one. Playing 21, and uh, one, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, but I mean, that mixtape tour where they bounce the ball off a kid's head and stuff, he did that yeah. move before he went in and dunked on him. Um, that was his uh, style. He was goofing around being, being Embiid. But it's just, you know, in the last 48 hours or so, it's just you put all these things together, and he he immediately attacked the Celtics on Twitter and said, now you can sit on the couch with us and and, and whatnot, and it's just the and Ben Simmons dating the uh, the Jenner kid, and it's just <laughs> it's it's like it's so good for you know my end of our shows because I'll have stuff to talk about forever. Um, but uh, since since I will, I'll allow you the floor, Mister Nate. Um, Sounds like what uh, you got on your mind? Might, might be turned into the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> exactly. <I don't... laughs> uh, very good. Very good analogy. <laughs> Yeah, that's for tr- that that is true. I almost took an, an old line from another show. <laughs> I know, Shut I know you heart. did. Oh my god! <laughs> but um, one thing I will say is, uh, if Embiid's outside shooting and just shooting around, he needs to bring Simmons over and teach him how to shoot. Because good <laughs> lord, that kid, that kid's jump shot is awful. Apparently, he's got and a guard. bad jump shot and a, and a bad taste in women too. Ugh, man. <laughs> I know every man needs a good woman, but come on, Ben, you make you're making millions of dollars. You could have got 
any woman you wanted. You picked that one of all of them? I mean, I shouldn't judge, but man. Listen to Tristan Thompson. He'll tell you to get away from that family. He'll tell you. <laughs> Look at Chris Humphries. Um, He's never been hurt from again. He didn't have a jump shot either, kid. You're one. You're in trouble. You know. You know. I, I, I'm, I'm switching gears completely here, just because I just made a uh, updated. I don't know if if you guys are interested in doing this with me, but I made an updated top sixteen. Uh, mm. I kind of scratched off the rest because because. Uh, I just I can't confidently at this point without looking at tape, YouTube footage, whatever I have to, of the other people. Now, Nate, mm-hmm. because of my bad writing and my bad memory, the defensive player of the year from West Virginia, what's his name again? Javon Carter. Uh, yeah, I, I put Len- Oh, okay. I, I put, no, I put Lendell for some back. reason. Kanate's coming back for a summer right. season, but Javon Carter is uh he's defensive player of the year. He's graduated. All right. Uh due to By the our way, conversations I think next week, earlier. I will say this to you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but next week we're gonna dive way deeper into the draft because we're not you know, because we had a lot of stuff break today and I assume the Sixers are gonna clean their act up. So next week, we're going to li- really look at the first round of the draft. I'm going to do my homework. I haven't done any homework, but you have. So I'm going to let you go ahead, and then we'll finish the, the complete first round next week. Go ahead. Well, this isn't going to hurt that because next week will be more, uh, you know, Phoenix needs this and Atlanta yeah, needs yeah. this, et cetera. This is, just your, um, this is just your top players. This is just – yeah, like last year I made that original one where I had faults all the way down to 12, and it turned out to be – fairly accurate um yeah. so just best players in my opinion coming out right now would be number one mo bamba number two mm. um luka Doncic, number three okay. marvin bagley the third i'm sorry if i'm going too fast marvin bagley out of no, Duke. number four colin sexton number mm-hmm. five wendell carter jr number six Here's a surprise. He moved up a lot of slots from what I heard from our, our earlier guest, Dante DiVincenzo. Number seven, mm. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I pushed him up pretty high, hoping hoping for the uh, Donovan Mitchell factor, the the guy that was yeah, down low who really was the diamond in the rough. Number seven, Mitchell Robinson, who sat out, who I really loved in that McDonald's game, and he dominated all these guys that are named ahead of him who was supposed to go to that uh, Western Michigan and ended up playing somewhere else. Yeah, he was else. supposed to go to Western Michigan and uh, went and just prepared for the draft. Uh, number eight, the number one player coming out of high school that year, Michael Porter Jr., which is sort of around where he's projected. Number nine, uh, most people's number one. I got eight and down all the way to nine. I got mm-hmm. Miles Bridges at 10. I got Mikhail Bridges from Villanova at 11. Jared Jackson, I don't think I think you know I'm not as high on him, much like uh, the the kid that went to Phoenix last year uh, from Kansas. Yeah, Josh Jackson. Got it. Josh, another Jackson. Josh Maybe Jackson. I don't like Jackson. Here, here's the surprise: Apparently. thirteen, all the all the way down to thirteen. Trey Young. Don't have any confidence mm. in Trey Young. At least at least early on. Uh, I'll put Knox. I'll put Knox at fourteen. I like Knox. Um, yeah. Knox's a good player. Um, uh, he may he may creep up higher when I really look at it. Um, 
I just uh, I kind of had names, and I'm like, who can I put them above? And couldn't justify it this quickly when I was just jotting them down. Um, well, I mean, we haven't had a chance but, to really dive into it yet, so I understand yeah, that. This is this is just off the top of of the head from what I've looked at, and uh, I got a top sixteen, I guess. Um, your boy's fifteen, man. I can't. You sold me on him, Devon um, Carter. Yeah, I mean, with the defense. Defensive element, which you've, you've praised him all year for such. But um, uh, our first guest brought out uh, some pretty quick stats like he's, like he's been looking at the draft because um, it seemed to be either he has a great memory or it was right in front of him. But the offensive stats were, you know, awesome as well. Uh, so yeah. with that kind of defense, uh, you know, you, you and especially a guy from out of market, so it's not like me being a homer. Um, you guys both sold me. He's he's a top guy, and he might move up uh, by the time we do our next show. And I just like this player because the guy earlier in the year, Dave Flaherty, that called in from um, Florida, smarting us up yeah. to Miami. So I, I got to put Lonnie Walker in there. He'll be my 16th guy. That's all I really Lonnie got. Walker, I mean, there's the guy from – go ahead. Lonnie Walker was really the only guy that showed up for them in that tournament game. Um that they played in. He was the only guy that was even there for them. And they, yeah. they came very close, but uh, he's a good, he's a good player. Yeah. I like Walker. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the draft on paper isn't as bad as I had thought, you know, without looking at it. I mean, there's some guys overseas that were ranked higher um, that I don't, I can't say, you know, Luka Doncic, at least I've, I've looked at and I, I know that he won the MVP at age 19 over there and stuff. Um, so I'm confident with what I've seen that he does have those kind of skills and he's six foot eight and so forth. So I can yeah. confidently put him in there, but I, I'm not going to put guys I'm not familiar with ahead of the guys I am. So that's just yeah. a little, uh, a rough, a rough view of what we're going to do next week. And I was just putting it out there in case either of you two gentlemen have any on that list that I mentioned that you're, you really like, I know you both like Knox. Is there anybody else that I mentioned that you're, uh, thinking as a sleeper or maybe should be ranked higher. You know, I haven't really had a, I haven't had a chance to dive into it yet, truthfully. Um, I do like the, the Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton proved how good he is. Um, there's a couple guys that I would need to really look at myself. Um, you didn't have Brunson listed, um, mainly because I don't think Brunson's going to be that great of a pro talent, but I do I do like his game. I think he could be like a uh, a good bench player, which it which kind of ended up being what um, oh god the name is escaping me at the moment. Um, the guy from UConn that everybody was really high on um, that came out. LeBron said he was oh, probably oh, oh. the best. What was his name? Um, it's I've lost it. Oh god. The point. The point no, the not point Muhammad. Guard a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, not Shabazz Muhammad, Shabazz Napier, Shabazz Napier. That's it. Yeah, uh, yeah Shabazz Napier. He, he's a he's a bench player in Houston, or he's a bench player in Portland. Uh, I think he could end up being something pretty decent, uh, like a Shabazz Napier coming out of Villanova. But uh, other than that, we got about a minute and a half left. So Jeff, go ahead, and uh, if we go Uh-oh. overtime, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys if you're listening to us live and we go a little overtime, there's about 90 seconds left in the show. Thank you for listening, and you can finish this episode 
Um, after we're done here, we'll be putting this episode up. It'll be on all major platforms. You can download it. You can listen to it here on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes Podcast Addict, Stitcher, uh, FM Flash, Google Play, iHeartRadio, on All Pro Nation Network, anywhere like that. So I want to make sure I let you guys know that if we aren't live anymore, we will add more to this, and you can download the show and listen to it that way. Okay, Jeff, go ahead. All right. Uh, I got uh, the Warriors uh, in a gentleman's sweep, five games. And, um, uh, you know, you're, you're talking a little bit about LeBron. Uh, it is. I think it's a great achievement. I think that uh, I, I kind of believe that him not playing Philly, not going against a big man, was kind of a big thing, though, for him not being able to have to play them. not saying they wouldn't have beat him, but uh, they own Toronto. Uh, they played Boston without Kyrie. I think I think what he did was good. It's not, but I think people was, like, building him up a little bit too much one over the top, which, you know, ESPN generally does that. But, I, I mean, I do think it's a great, a good achievement or whatever, but I think he's dodged, was able to dodge some things. That, and just like the Warriors dodged Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard last year and they didn't have to play Kyrie in love in 2015. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I got a trivia question also. Uh, when is sure, the only right. year in NBA history that two teams from each conference were down 3-2 and had to come back to win the series, and both had to win Game 7 on the road. Hmm. One was the 95 Houston Rockets. Okay, this had to be the same year in the conference finals. Both, okay. Both conferences. Okay. They were down 3-2. to two. I, I know the I, Rockets did it. I'm trying to think that year, though, they played the – did the Magic do it that year? I'm pretty sure I got it, Nate. Okay, go ahead. But I, I might be screwed up because my short-term memory is so bad. It might have happened just this season. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was dead on with uh, the, the, the Cleveland part of it. But I'm like, shit, was Golden State down 3-2? And I'm like, they were, and they were on the road. Yeah. 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 Only time that's ever happened. That one now. was right there. Nathan, that was right uh, there in front of me. The uh, Rockets were down three to one to the Suns, and they and they did have to win Game Seven on the road, but it was in the conference yeah. semis. Ah, uh, okay, that's what got me. Yeah. Okay, all right. But, uh, uh, one thing, one thing I'd like to bring up, if you guys don't care, um, there's been a stat pop up on ESPN, um, and I I know what ESPN stands for. It's an acronym, but it's all screwed up. It's the LeBron Channel. Uh, they don't have the the letters right. Um, but yeah, the LeBron network has, um, they put up something the other day and it just really made me laugh. They posted that LeBron James had run this year in the season. He had ran the equivalent of like so many marathons and so many miles. It's like he had ran like 30 marathons or something like that. And I'm sitting there looking at this stat line going and they said the closest guy to him that had ran that much was Drew Holiday. I'm sitting there going, who at ESPN <laughs> drew the straw, drew the short straw that had to figure out how much LeBron James had ran this year? Because I know Brian Whitehorse didn't get a bucket of KFC and sit down and do it, even <laughs> though he loves LeBron. I'm, I don't know. Are they so hard up for a LeBron story that they have to sit down and figure out how much the man runs? Like, good Lord, this is the NBA. It's a grinded-out season. 
everybody runs. Everybody works hard, except for a couple of guys named Andrew Wiggins, but we won't go there. But it's, it's like I don't understand why they are so obsessed with talking about LeBron James. And they have a guy that just follows LeBron James. And it's Brian Whitehorse, what happens when LeBron retires? If LeBron retires, what does Brian Whitehorse do? Like, I hope he's investing this money in stocks. Cause guys, Brian Whitehorse is going to eat himself to death when LeBron well, goes. Him and, uh, him and Nick Wright both. I don't know if you yeah. watch first thing first in the morning, but he loves him some LeBron too. Yeah, Nick Wright. Nick Wright loves LeBron more than I love cake. And that's a statement, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And my thing is, if you listen to them, all they want to do is compare apples and oranges, and they just want to be, well, LeBron's the greatest thing ever, and, you know, LeBron would, he would build a better arc than Noah. He would, you know, it's just like, guys, let's, can we talk about something else, you know? I think you're all correct yeah, LeBron, about comparing him and Jordan. I think, it, I think it's, oh, it's one thing I like you all do because, stupid. like you said, it's so hard to gauge errors. Things are so much different, rules and uh, exactly. Different things like that, and players are different. You know, it's just he's the greatest of his era. Uh, I, you know, that's a great yeah. statement, I believe. Jordan was the greatest of his era um, until you know Magic and Bird were right there, uh, as great before you know Jordan took over or yeah. whatever. And then Kareem was the best. You know, it's, it's on down the line like that. It's it's just well, again, it's it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to gauge and compare, and you could sit here and do it all day and. It's just something that I don't like because I've heard it enough. I'm, I'm fed up with it. I used to get sucked into those arguments. And I'm like, we have this argument every year. Why? Why do we have this argument? This is an unwinnable argument. Nobody wins. It's almost like trying to tell – it's almost like people sitting on their computers at home about a wrestling show. You know, why are we doing it? There's no reason. You know, <laughs> like they're not going to listen to you. Nobody cares. One thing I do want to exactly. ask. Exactly. Uh, TR and I have, uh, last week, we talked about some underrated players um, throughout, underrated great players. Uh, We brought up Shaq and how underrated we think Shaq is. Because when you're talking about greatest of all time, nobody really mentions Shaq. They don't mention Tracy McGrady. They don't mention guys like that. Jeff, I know you watched a lot of old basketball, and you you follow the game really well. Um, Right, right. Who... Who would be some of the mo the more underrated players in your opinion from years past? Well, I gotta uh, be quite frank. You know, I like I have a heart for uh, Stockton Malone. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I really huh. do. I, I mean, I, I, a lot of people don't. They played in Utah. It's not, Utah is not a place where you get a lot of your national exposure and stuff. But I mean, those guys could play, and they had really they were really good fundamentally. And uh, they, they ran a pick and roll, uh, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to guard. It was hard to guard whenever you had them. And I mean, they swept they swept Kobe and Shaq uh, when I think it was ninety, I believe it was ninety eight year. They when they uh, had home court against the Bulls. I mean, and everybody thought Shaq and Kobe were going to take that series over. And they swept them. They swept the Spurs then and. Uh, they had some really good teams, and really was one game away from actually making it three straight years of finals. The Sonics beat of a '96, but uh, yeah. I, I, I really think they were un- underrated players and an underrated uh, tandem. To be honest, they just and the other day I was watching some of those guys uh, screen and roll, and uh, during the Warriors and Rockets, and uh, either one of them could really guard. 
at certain times on no. the screen and roll. But no. Uh, no, the thing the thing about Stockton and Malone as as well is that any coach, any opposing team knew that was coming, but right. they couldn't stop it anyway. Right, still couldn't do because, anything about it. <laughs> I mean, Stockton was such a great ball handler for one, um, deceptively quick. His passes were, you know, people say an assist is an assist, but the old fundamental, I think you mentioned fundamentally sound in your description, the old right. fundamental bounce pass as opposed to, you know, trying to thread the needle or do a look away. John Stockton was a master of the of the original bounce pass that, you know, came up through the beginning of the game. And, and Malone on the opposite end was almost like a uh, a tight end of sorts with his LeBron-like body and strength. And he had uh, sweet hands to where he would rarely ever, you know, uh, faux pas the assist from uh, John. So uh, together they were, you know, a magical tandem to watch. It's really a shame that neither of them got that ring. Um, yeah. It is a, it's, a, it's a great pick of, of underrated people because – It's like they're overlooked. You know, I mean, Malone was his second in career. I think he's second or third in career in points. And I think he's. Uh, I think he's third. I believe he's third now. I think. Did LeBron pass him? I'm not sure. It's it. I'm Malone, not, Kareem's Malone, number I believe, one. was. You're right. Malone was. It was like Kareem one, Malone two, and then Kobe, Kobe and Shaq. Sure. Yeah. Kobe or or LeBron or both or something recently, but they he was definitely two at one point. Both of these guys are on the original Dream Team, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they might have been on the '96. One of them might have been on the, or might, both might have been on the '96 team as well. But actually, Carl Malone is still number two. Um, really? Kareem is first, Malone two, Kobe Bryant three, Jordan four. So there you go. I thought Kobe passed. Well, cool. Then no, uh, Kobe that, did that not definitely pass Malone. states a, a case. It definitely states a big case for underrated um, for Malone. Then and, Wilt, you know, then Wilt Chamberlain, then Dirk Nowinski, and then LeBron, then Shaq, as it goes backwards. So, a lot of great, a lot of great players on that. There's a guy there, Dirk. I mean, right. I, I I wouldn't put him as number one of all time, but you never he's hear underrated. him in an argument. Yeah, that's what I'm he's saying. That, you never hear he's, him. He's very, he's mentioned. very underrated. Uh, that 2011 team was one of the best teams I've ever seen uh, in terms of being able to shoot. I've ne- never seen a team that can shoot that well. Jason Kidd, Dirk Nowinski, Peja Stojakovic, Jason Terry, and they had J.J. Barea. That team could shoot the lights out. No issues about it. They were money. And they beat that supposed Heat team that was going to win not three, not four, not five, not six. That they beat them in the finals, embarrassingly collapsed, and the right. Mavericks beat them. So yeah, the Heat were that up two to you, one in that series. Yeah, they were, they were, and they actually, yeah, I believe, in game. Mark, I'm sorry. I think it was game four or game five. Uh, the Heat were up uh, seventeen in the fourth, and the Mavericks came back and and took the lead, and there was nothing nobody could do about it. it yeah, and that was when I was really down. I was really down on LeBron James as right, right, overrated right. at that point because right. he, he disappeared in that fourth quarter that you're specifically talking yeah. about. And you mentioned uh, Jason Kidd, and I wish Ben Simmons could watch like a 
sped up version of the career of Jason Kidd because he was not a shooter at first right. by any means. Right. And no, he, he was, you know, a, an insane facilitator. And some of his highlights are just, they look like, you know, Harlem Globetrotters type moves. But, I mean, he's such a, such a great passer. And he worked, keyword worked, in the offseason and whenever he could. And by the time he was with the, that Mavericks team, he was a threat from three. And he was a threat from 10 feet and from 15 feet. And, you know, he had a great percentage. And it was like, you know, a lot of these elite next-level guys, if you're going to tell me Ben Simmons is a generational player, his ass better be in the gym shooting a lot of three-pointers this summer. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, you've got you got people saying this might be LeBron's worst team he ever got to the finals. One, look at the 07 roster. Two, Jason Kidd took a way worse team, as did Allen Iverson, to the NBA finals. That Nets team was not very good. Jason Kidd was the guy. They had uh, Lucius Harris, Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn, Kenyon Martin, uh, guys like that on that team. And Jason Kidd got him to the finals. (laughs) Yeah, the Sixers won game one against the Lakers with Iverson. And they had, like, uh, I think it was Aaron McKee and Eric Snow and guys like that that, you know, the, the casual Norm fan now wouldn't recognize these players. But that was what they had. And they were playing a Lakers team that had Shaq, Kobe, Derek Fisher, Brian Shaw, Glenn Rice, Rick Fox, Robert Ory, uh, great players. Unbelievable team. And I think uh, the Sixers may have had had Matumbo that year, I believe. Well, that was Matumbo. Think, you know, that was an aging Matumbo. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think he was on there too. But uh, I agree we got him. We got him right in the middle. Uh, I, I agree. I believe the 2011. If LeBron's got a black mark. On his resume, that 2011 finals was the, the one. And then in, like, 2012, uh, whenever he had to overcome that by beating Boston in game six at Boston because people still thought he was kind of a choker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that point. Here's a, here's a yeah. hot take. What about LeBron if he sets out next year? Could you all see that happen? Yeah. I've, I, I don't see it, but I, I've heard people that are more – in tune than I am, uh, not people. Maybe one other person brought that up uh, somewhere. I uh, can't remember. Uh, it it might have been, you know, I watch so many shows they blend in. It might have been on like Colin Coward or the show Tracy McGrady's on, or one of them uh, said that might be an option for him to just kind of chill and and see what happens in quote unquote retirement. As opposed to you know making a brash decision and et cetera et cetera uh, and and they brought up the fact that Michael Jordan did it before and uh, kind of left the game and came back and there's been other examples they and then they went on to say um, in football Barry Sanders is an example of a guy who just left on top and that obviously would be in the strange unlikely event that he won the uh, the uh, NBA championship, although Barry Sanders never won the Super Bowl. But, um, I mean, his like, to go back to Nate's point, you were saying you don't care how much he ran, but uh, and I didn't necessarily either when you are making that point, but there's a lot of mileage on there. It's, it's, well, I'm not saying it's he's not tired, but everybody's tired. It's the NBA season. Everybody's tired. Look um, at Dirk. I get that. Dirk played a whole season, and Dirk's got how many years on LeBron? 
Dirk's old and he's coming back. So, I mean, to me, the, the mileage thing, yeah, he plays a lot. But, dude, that's what you do. You're a basketball player. If you're going to sit out a year, which is fine, I'm not going to argue if he sits out a year, but at least make it look like you're doing something else. Like, be a pro bowler. Be a hacky sack player. At least Jordan tried to hide it and go play baseball. You're going to sit out a year. At least look busy. Take over table tennis. Do something. Don't just sit around. Jordan, I mean, I I hate – but they were somebody was saying on TV that I mean he never did it's one of his pro, pro guys he never did complain about uh, but he always kept himself in good shape too not saying LeBron doesn't but oh LeBron's in fantastic did, shape right he never did complain about uh, you know tiredness not not it wasn't in the news anyways <laughs> everything's yeah. more of a microscope now even more then so, uh, yeah hey I got to bring up something yeah, that I totally forgot earlier. Nate. Go ahead and bring it up. Um, bring it up. It was it was it was really like the smallest tidbit, but the reason, one of the reasons that I discovered T.J. McConnell and became such a fan, was because of our original conversation about the magic with Aaron Gordon. I followed Gordon from high school. Mm-hmm. He went to Arizona, and his point guard was T.J. McConnell. And then uh-huh. I you know looked into the backstory of him coming from Duquesne, and then I looked at tapes of him in high school, et cetera. And then when we got him in the Sixers. I was like, ah, this is awesome. And, of course, I was in the minority, and now he's a well-known guy. So <laughs> Now he's That's a all. darling of the 76ers, so uh, we got one right, yeah. so suck it, world. <laughs> 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 but, gentlemen, we gotta yeah. we got to wrap this up. We are 15 minutes over time here, and we want to thank everybody that downloaded the episode and finished this with us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, check us out on, well, you know, Facebook. We're doing a little uh, remodeling, so we'll get we'll get with you on that when we get that finished up. Uh, you can follow TR at TR Shock. You can follow me at MMITM Nathan. You can not follow Jeff because I don't know Jeff's Twitter. Uh, but, but we'll uh, we want to thank you guys for getting with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our great sponsors. Um, TR, you got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Now, besides a little audio glitch in the, in the very beginning, I thought tonight was a, a perfect 30th show. Uh, Caps yeah. off. Thank you, Jeff. Um, thanks, Liberty Ballers. Thanks, Jonathan Hood. Thanks, um, God, now I'm botching his name. Who, who's the first gentleman that was it? Brandon, Brandon Mueller from Hoops Provider. Hoops Provider. That's what I was forgetting. Hoops Provider. Um Great, great show. I, I, tonight was entertaining to, to listen and to, just to be part of. So, 30, we're finally starting to get it, I guess. So, thank every, yeah, thanks, everybody, us, and that's all from took me. Us 30, took us 30 weeks, but we finally figured it out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> I'm Nate. He's TR. He's Jeff, our favorite caller, and Ed Bogus's favorite human being, Caller Jeff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can download us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, FM Flash, Google Play, Pod Paradise, Podbean, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. If you listen to us on iTunes, rate us, give us a five star review, let us know how we're doing, follow us on all our social media outlets. We got some stuff coming soon. If you're listening on All Pro Nation, thank you very much. We love you over there at All Pro Nation. We got some more news coming your way, but I'm Nate. He's TR. Send us home, TR. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show 
on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.